And welcome to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. If you missed anything last week, you can podcast that at WRQK.com. My boss loves when I remind you about that. And actually, you guys have been downloading that at a pretty good rate. The numbers on that are pretty solid. Obviously, it can never be good enough. So check out WRQK.com. Every single hour on the program this morning, your shot at $1,000. 8 o'clock, we'll talk to Scott from Winning for Next Year.com. And at 7 o'clock, normally I would open the show with something like this that happened over my weekend. Normally I, normally I would open the show with it. But I feel so many people ask me, do do this at 7 o'clock. Do it a little later in the program. And when I thought about it, I was like, yeah, it's a really good story. So we'll do it around 7 o'clock. Little tease here. For those of you that didn't see the Facebook Live video at Facebook.com slash Show. The fire department had to show up to my house Friday night. My uh, my new girlfriend showed up. She's like, I'm going to make dinner. And then the fire department showed up. Yeah, that happened. She is so pissed that people think she can't cook. She's pissed that people think she can't cook. Should tell you, we got to eat dinner. It was delicious. As a matter of fact, I ate some of the leftovers yesterday. There's still some in the fridge. Going to eat it today. It was so good. Now, yes, I'm saying that so she'll continue to sleep with me, but she was so pissed that that's what people thought, that she doesn't know how to handle the kitchen. So I'll give you the story at 7 o'clock. I feel like I have a million questions, and I will save them all for 7 o'clock. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. What we should open the show with is this. Baker Mayfield. Wow. I can't tell you. Oh, wow. You're going to do that to him today, huh? Really? All right. They lost. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I was kind of wrong on Baker Mayfield, man. I think I was wrong. I know people are going to say, it was just the Raiders. Doesn't matter. That's an NFL team. That's an NFL team. And the kid looked pretty good. The pick six, I don't even think, was totally his fault. And if you make a couple of grabs for the kid early on in the game, who knows what happens? I already do not want to take the, the ref screwed the Browns. I don't want to take it. I, I already, I can hear you typing. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. That was a first down. Let's be honest. That was a first down. Okay, but you gave up 45 points on the road. You can't give up 45. You just can't do it. I think this is one of those things where a lot of people have a problem with the concept of both things being true at the same time. I agree. Where, like, yeah, no question about it, dude. There were botch calls in that game on yesterday. both sides. Well, yeah, I mean, that Marshawn Lynch when he got whistled for that, for that, for that was what was supposed to be a tackle. That was obviously wrong. So both bad calls on both sides, and Oakland found a way to win. Now, I certainly won't. I, I, I'll, I'll never put it through the like, well, dude, the refs are trying to, you know, they're trying to help the, the Raiders win. Because I saw somebody make that argument yesterday that like, dude, NFL t- ticket sales must be down or something, man. They're what? worried about it. Gruden's not going to have enough money. Ratings all, are up. It's, ticket sales are way up. It's, it's, it's all a scam. It's all a scam. And I'm like, well, what are you so upset then? If you think this is a scam, last week's win was a scam for the Browns. So like, you can't you can't separate those two things. Um, but yeah, there were missed calls, no question about it. And uh, there's there's something frustrating about it because the NFL is going to come out today and the NFL is inevitably going to say like, yeah, sorry, we, we botched Which, that one. I don't one. know why they do that. I don't know why you would do that and, and like and shine a light on your on your league and how bad you've been getting this. Now, bad calls happened in every single NFL game yesterday and teams found a way to win. I told you before the season started, I felt like this was a four-win team and everybody told me I was crazy. But if you give up 45 on the road, you're not going to win. It's just the way it is. We, dude, we scored 42. If you score 42, you should be able to win football games. Everybody was like ranting and raving about how good the defense was yesterday. I was like, really? I mean, dude, they're much improved for sure. But Derek Hart, 
got 45 points on the board on you. Well, yeah, I mean, there's there's no denying just from a talent perspective, you can see the difference. Way and better. Shootouts are going to happen in the modern NFL. There's just no debating that. We, we, we were looking at scores earlier this morning, and it was just blaringly obvious that the NFL got what they want in the sense of high-scoring games. Like, yes. every every game yesterday was over. It was, it, it was, it was a combined score of 50-plus every single game. So there's definitely going to be that aspect of you're going to get in high shootout games, but you're right, 42 points. If you score 42 and you can't win something, you can't just exclusively blame that on officiating. Here's why you should have won that game yesterday. What do I always say about Vegas? They kind of nail it. They always kind of know. Vegas blew that over-under yesterday on the Browns. It was 44 and a half was the over-under. Both teams went for 40. Like, if that happens, you got to win that game. I'm sorry. And I, I tweeted this yesterday. You cannot blame that loss yesterday on our quarterback. That's the first time we've been able to say that in a little while. Like, quarterback's not the problem. Like, Baker Mayfield kind of has it. I was a little wrong here. I, I still am not sure he's an A, but I don't need to be sure he's an A. I said you can win a bunch of games with a B. And so if he's a B, B plus, whatever. If he's an A minus, fine, whatever. I'm happy to be wrong. The Baker Mayfield era is officially started, and you can't take your eyes off the kid, man. Like, he's, dude, you have to watch him. Well, I, I definitely think and we just have to stop grading these dudes. we got to stop carving their bust in the Hall of Fame or the Hall of, of Flops because, like, we don't know yet. There's, there's, it's just a lot dudes, to be left. The dudes played in six quarters of football. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, right. like, we all have to kind of stop for a second. But the thing I will say about Baker Mayfield and yesterday, dude, and yesterday and really for the past, you know, two weeks, really, since he went into that Jets game, um, there's been a difference in in people's mentality about the Browns. And I know there's been times in the past where people are like, oh, man, dude, we got this guy, and it's going to be great, and Brady Quinn or, or Trent Richardson or whoever we're talking about, and dude, Colt McCoy's going to be the guy, and dude, Charlie Fry's going to be it. But, like, there was something Jesus. different. There was something different in the air yesterday, something different, like, and throughout the game, you believed. And I don't care who you are right now, and you can, if you watched that game yesterday, there were times you thought the Browns were going to win. Where last year, every single time they snapped that football, I was waiting for the flop. I was waiting for the loss. I was waiting for it. And what's the thing that's changed? Baker Mayfield. That's the thing. So in the third quarter, it got to the point where I was like not paying attention as much because I was like, they, they kind of got, got this it. locked up. They this got is, it. This is fine. I mean, dude, we got, got Baker Mayfield. Like, honestly, there was a point where I was like, dude, I was at the Imperial Room and I was like, just walk home. You're fine. You're not going to miss anything. They got it locked up. Now, again, they found a way to Browns it a little bit. I know that was a first down. I get it. But what do what do professionals always say? You gotta take it out of the refs' hands. You gotta not let it come down to two, three calls. That if it can come down to calls screwing you over, you didn't play well enough. I think a part of what the frustration here is, though, is that these weren't necessarily botch calls on a third quarter, third and seven drive. You know, a play where it was like, ah, eh, well, it was it was a play, but it didn't. What are you doing in overtime? These things, both these things that happened, uh, both with the Derek Carr uh, fumble that was called, that was called a down or sack or whatever that. Was yeah, and, that was kind of crazy and, and too. The botch, the botch first down there. Both of those would have ended the game. You know what I mean? So there is. I understand why this feels. It's a little bit more than just somebody being like, "Well, what about holding? LeBron traveled." Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, okay, this, there was there was a little bit more gripe, but you're a hundred percent right. Of like, dude, they had their opportunity. They were up eight, up eight. Eight, you gotta do. Let him score the touchdown, and then you just have to block. You gotta stop the two point conversion. That's all you gotta do. Those are those, those will fail half the time at least, and you couldn't do it. So yeah, you can't you can't just look at the zebras and be like, oh, refs suck, hate them. The game the game ended forty two forty five, right? 
Yeah, I think it's fine. So, so not only did they lose the game, I lost my bet because I got him. I got him getting two and a half. I got him getting two and a half. Oh, dude, I was furious. Furious. You said, you know, they browned it up or they found a way to brown it. Not like they normally do, though. I was going to say, do you feel that way? Because I saw that dynamic a lot. I mean, on social media and everyone was like, dude, browning it up, typical Browns. Nah, I don't buy that. I I really don't. And honestly, here's why Browns fans, here's why you got to be really, really excited today. You're you're no longer the laughingstock of the NFL. You're not. There are teams out there who the people feel like, dude, you're better than. You're not the laughing stock of the NFL. As a matter of fact, that dude's blown calls yesterday turned you into the media darling of the NFL. Dude, NFL Twitter, people all across the country yesterday were like, oh, man, the Browns got screwed here, man. So, dude, you picked up fans yesterday because you got a little Baker magic going now, and now you, you had a game stolen from you a little bit. At least that's the way social media took it. And so now, dude, you got people jumping on the bandwagon. There's deposit. I was at Walmart yesterday morning. And everybody in that place was, somebody was wearing, everybody had at least one piece of Browns gear on. Like, that that much of optimism around this team is more than I thought we were going to get. Browns gear, Cookie Monster, Duck Dynasty, Browns gear, Browns gear, Cookie Monster, Duck Dynasty, mm-hmm. Browns gear, Browns gear, Browns gear. A little bit, a little bit, a <laughs> little bit. But, I mean, you had two, like, massive drop balls in the first, like, what, six plays of the, that game? Meanwhile, Baker's out there putting together 10, 12, 13 play drives. On the hands, too, dude. There was multiple, like, hand shots where it was just, like, couldn't make it happen. And I get it, dude. It's just like people were like, oh, foul shots. Make them every single time. You're mm. going to drop balls, but they were just such... They were so, they were at such inopportune times when the dude when Baker's out there young trying to build that confidence trying to get it going and the fact that he was able to go out there and score forty two after you're right he came out they came out kind of dead D in that first quarter yeah I mean there were certainly problems there so like the fact that he was able to go out there and still gunsling I would say is 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 the one thing you can walk away from yesterday if nothing else feeling good about it as a Browns fan here's the thing Baker Mayfield has for sure. That pick six wasn't even totally his fault. It wasn't. I mean, questionable here or there, but it wasn't necessarily his fault. And what? And I tweeted it. I said, now we get to see who Baker Mayfield is. Because now this is NFL quarterback stuff. If, you, if that can happen to you and you can shake it off and come right back and march that team down the field, you kind of have it. And, dude, he's got that rip the page out of the book and move forward thing. He does. He kind of has it. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that. I think that uh, that was fantastic to see yesterday. I'm a little concerned as the Browns walk into as as we get into the third or the second third third quarters of of the of the season here. Um, it's it's a meat grinder, dude. They're playing oh. good teams every single week. Oh, this and is, like this schedule now gets brutal. Yeah. So like, if you let that one slip away from you yesterday, that sucks because it might be a while before you get another opportunity for a win. And it's easy to come back from a bad quarter. It's going to be harder to come back from loss, loss, loss. Well, you know what I'm saying? You you stack up four. L's in a row, and it's like, damn, dude, you start questioning yourself. Dude, here's the thing. I don't see the win. I don't. Next week is Baltimore. You probably get smoked in that. That's a real team. Baltimore, dude, that's the team that came into this season well underneath the radar was the Baltimore Ravens. And Ravens are at Cleveland. Uh, Actually, I don't have that here. I'm just looking at the overall. That's weird that they don't tell you that. I'm at Browns.com. Then you got Los Angeles Chargers. Then Tampa Bay, who got smoked yesterday, but that's an outlier game. Don't you know what I mean? Don't think because they got beat by the you know tri, you know Trubisky, which six touchdowns by the way. I, I don't think you can count Tampa Bay as a win. Then you get Pittsburgh. Then Kansas City, who's probably honestly on the roll right now, probably the best team in the league right now. 
I don't know if overall by the end of the season. Then you get Atlanta. Then your bye week, thank the dear Lord. Come back at, oh, I'm sorry. It does tell me this. Ravens are, uh, are here. Chargers then here. Then at Tampa, at Pittsburgh. That's going to be a tough game to win. I know you think you won the first time we played them. I'm not sure I see it that way. Pittsburgh's going to be, although they're not as good as people thought they were going to be. At least not right now. I think they got problems. Kansas City, I think, is going to roll you. The Falcons can roll you. I, it, it, we'll all see what happens there. Then you're at Cincinnati. Team's pretty good this year. At Houston, they're struggling and having problems, but that might be exactly, you know, the Browns might be exactly what the doctor ordered there. Then, you know, then you got Cam Newton coming here with Carolina. Then you're at Denver. Not an easy game. Then Cincinnati's here. Then you're at Baltimore. Tell me where the wins are. I said it before the season. Everybody's like, seven wins. It's like, where? Where? Their schedule is so brutal. But here's what you got to be pumped about. This team's getting pretty solid. And they're getting better as this year's going on. They're starting to get a little bit more. You know what I mean? Every week, they're starting to look a little bit better, which is what good teams do. And I said it before the season started. This, this season, just throw it away. This isn't, the, this isn't your year. It's next year that you're going to be pretty good. And they are going to be pretty good. The tide is turning. Don't cry in your beer today over the fact that the Browns didn't win that game. Don't. There is so much to be positive about. I'm saying that about this team. There is so much to be positive about. And man, when am I happy to be wrong about Baker Mayfield. Fantone will tell you, I'm sitting here in a Baker Mayfield shirt right now. Even after yesterday, that heartbreaking loss. I am so high on this Browns team, even though I don't think they probably won another game this year. I just... They're, they're, they're getting so much better and faster than we thought. Next year, they are competitive, which is all I've asked for out of them. They are competitive. And I think next year, they're going to be pretty damn good. Things are getting exciting. Don't cry over that loss yesterday. Be excited. You're no longer the laughing stock of the NFL. That's saying a lot over the last 20 years. Every single hour on the program, your shot at $1,000. We're going to do the first one right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword WIN to Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 106.9. 7 o'clock, we'll get you hooked up with $1,000. Also, uh, tell you a story about why the fire department was at my house Friday night. It was so embarrassing. I have to buy one of my neighbors. I'm going to have to buy her a gift card to something. <laughs> I, I don't know. Probably, you know, Dunkin' Donuts or something. I don't know. I'll have to get her a gift card for something because I just felt like such an idiot. And what a horrible way for her to have to be introduced to my now better half. It was so, dude, she was so embarrassed. We'll give you that story coming up at 7 o'clock. Somebody's broken down sex dreams. Okay. And they're trying to tell me what they mean. Okay. Okay. Now, I think if you remember your dreams, you're lucky. I do occasionally, but not every day. Like, I feel like the people who can remember their dreams every day, I'm like, oh, dude, you're kind of lucky. Because you're kind of getting movies for free. Sometimes I think they're making it up. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Somebody who's like, oh, let me tell you about this crazy dream that I had. Let me tell you about how crazy this so dream was. So I sound was. interesting. Right. Dude, you will never believe this dream that I had. I guess it, I mean, right? I mean, you can't disprove it, so it's a lie you can kind of go with, and nobody can tell you that you are, right? And I think that, you know, I mean, false memories for sure, but especially once you start to apply it into dream world where it's like, oh, I kind of remember this, therefore I'm going to, you know, well, what would I really have wanted to happen here? You know what I'm saying? Not necessarily that you're like making stuff up lying, but like you kind of remember this piece and part of it and you're like, oh, well then you know what else happened? Well, you'll fill in blanks. Sure. We've seen it with witnesses in courtrooms. Sure. They'll, you, they'll fill in blanks. So apparently, dude, if you're having a dream about uh, riding a horse... 
Okay. They say the back and forth rocking movement. Now, they, these were supposed to be sex dreams. Now, I don't understand why just riding a horse is a sex dream, but they say back and forth rocking a movement of riding, the physical connection between you and the horse should not surprise you as it uh, is that will symbolize doing the deed of sex. Now, what's interesting about this is that the rest of these are when you're actually having sex in your dreams. And they say it doesn't necessarily lend itself to the fact that you want to have sex. Like having sex with a friend here. Okay. They say this does not mean you have a desire to cheat on your partner with somebody that you just kind of know. It just means that you may admire that person and wish that you possessed some of their qualities. Uh, Now, I guess that would apply, or at least that would make more sense to me if like it was occasionally people of the same sex, right? That's what I was just going to say, because it's like, well, wait a minute, because I admire people who are of the same sex. So if it was about that, if it was solely just about that, then wouldn't that creep in? Now, maybe it is like you kind of have to check both boxes to get into that dream territory there where you I would have to be at least somewhat sexually attracted to you and at least somewhat respect you. Like not necessarily like I'm putting you on a pedestal or I think you're the hottest thing on the planet, but like you just have to kind of be both. Fair, but isn't would sleep with you and wanting to sleep with you? I mean, now we're I mean we're splitting hairs there, right? Are those I don't know. I to pretty me, close. I mean, dude, if you would sleep with them, doesn't that kind of like lend itself to the fact that you kind of want to? I I take your point that we are splitting hairs there, but I do see those as two very different questions of people that you would sleep with and people that you want to sleep with. Uh, yeah, I mean, there there there's a difference. But it's kind of small, and right. like people, <laughs> right? Okay, okay. I, feel like, I can't argue. Yeah, I mean, you're, like you could take any one of those people, you know, different boxes. There, they say if you want to have sex, or if you're having uh, like a dream about having sex with your boss. Oh God! <laughs> it says it does mean you want to get closer with your boss, but not in sex. <sighs> it says that you're feeling especially distant from your boss's ideas or management style. Oh, Jesus Christ. I hate my boss's management style. That's what I'm saying. And I hate the idea of having sex with him that's, even that's worse. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's gross. Um, but, uh, but I see, I don't buy this. I believe that if you're having sex with somebody in your dream, it's because you kind of find them hot. Well, like, I, I think this once again has to go back to, uh, is this under the assumption that the boss is your sexual orientation if you know what i'm saying if i have a a dream about having sex with keith kennedy bro there's a lot of things going on in my mind right there you gotta get out more that that would be very concerning to me now apparently you're a chubby chaser we do not we do not have a female (laughs) boss at this job but i guess if that it it would those would be two very different things to me right i'd look at them that way apparently if you're having a sex dream about having sex in public uh it's it's really about the fact that you have been called out by a friend or family member and you're embarrassed about something that they called you out for. Okay. So you've been exposed in front of other people. So you're having, but again, if you're having sex about, or if you're having dreams about having sex in public, isn't that maybe I would think now, maybe I'm wrong. Okay. Again, I'm not a doctor, but what I would think that that would be, again, your subconscious telling you that you kind of want to be into this or you wish or something that you, that, that you feel guilty about the fact that you desire now, like once you're sleeping, your brain kind of takes over and says, ah, we'll let you play with this, you know, with, with this idea for a while now. I mean, I, Yes, I buy into the theory of there being that deeper meaning. I, I I don't know if that deeper meaning necessarily negates that, yes, you do want to at least somewhat divulge into that. But I think probably very much like pornography, it's not necessarily that you really want to do that. It's that you kind of want to flirt with the idea of doing that. 
Okay, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I, I I can't necessarily argue that. Now, having dreams about sleeping with a celebrity, I'm guessing a lot of people have this, right? This is probably one of the most common ones out there. They say it has nothing to do with the celebrity. That if you're thinking about having sex with George Clooney in your dream, it's got nothing to do with him. That in the reality, what it is, is that you're looking for the spotlight yourself. And I guess maybe I could see that because if you're sleeping with a celebrity, you're probably a person of like power or influence or celebrity in your own right. right. And so then you feel like you could, that, that you're worthy to be in that air. Yeah, that shine has to be worth something, of course. All right. So this is the big one. And I saved it okay. for last. If you're having a dream about having sex with your ex, it's simply your brain, they say, sifting through its mental hard drive. Maybe the birthday's coming up or something that or maybe you saw a tweet or a Facebook post or something that from them. And it's uh, it, it, but they say it's your subconscious wanting to get back together or they say, no, I'm sorry. It's not that your subconscious wants to get back together. I disagree. Not that you want to get back together. Again, I'm, I'm going to fly in the face of all this stuff. But I think if you're having sex dreams about your ex, it's not necessarily that you want the relationship back, but there was obviously something that went on between the two of you sexually that kind of still turns you on and the thought of it and that you're still right. Because, dude, you are scorched earth, phantom yeah. scorched earth. Yeah. So I can't imagine like exes are coming into your dreams of sex. Uh, dude, at the end of the day, I can't even recall having like a sex dream recently. I do. I don't remember my dreams at all. Like there's no recollection when I wake up in the morning. My girlfriend would be like, oh, what did you dream about last night? And I like zero clue. Like, I don't even know if I did. I wonder what the correlation between bongs and not remembering <laughs> dreams is. Because we're both like, yeah, I don't know. I just never seem to get them. I don't know where they are. More Stansbury Show is right around the corner. You guys hang on. The Stansbury Show. Kenton's Rock Station. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Fantone and I are both huge proponents of this city. We love Canton. Mm -hmm. And we always try to tell you when awesome things are going down. And I didn't even know this. I thought they were still a little ways away from opening. But I, uh, my buddy Grant and I stopped by the new Oracle on Cleveland Avenue. You know, they moved down. They used to be, what was that? Sixth Street? Sixth Street, yeah. Up there. They moved down to down on Cleveland Avenue, where sports therapy used to be, I believe. They're in that building. And man, did that come out nice. It um I know it was one of those things where they were like, oh, it's going to open this first Friday. No, it's going to open this first Friday. And it just kept getting caught up behind like uh, the timetable, I guess. But I've heard nothing but like glowing reviews oh, that it came out. It was well worth the wait. It came out phenomenal. Oh, bro. It looks really good in there. Josh and his crew did a really good job on the new Oracle. It is really good. Yeah. Um, it was the opening. It was the grand opening of it, I think. And it was Red Wanting Blue came and played. And um, I know people were just like, dude, it's so awesome. It sounded so great. It looked so good in there. So good, man, dude. Another another like anchor on the music block right there phenomenal. I'm a big fan of Cleveland Avenue getting busier. Right. I mean, mean? like... I always felt like that was the Oracle's problem for me. It just felt a little too far removed from everything else I was doing. So, like, now I like it right there because now when I want to, like, bar hop around, it's another one to throw in the rotation. I love it. Yeah, I mean... Really, in that area right there, from really Tusk up to probably, I don't know, 8th Street, the more bars that they can shove in there, the more that you can get live music playing there, the more that you can kind of buy into the identity that they're selling. That, yeah. like, this is, you know, this is where you come when you want to see a live band and drink a beer, the better it is. So, dude, awesome that the Oracle's there and, and that it's open and it's, it's, it's like full throttle now, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. I mean, I was in there. Okay. I was in there, what was it, Saturday night? Okay. It was really good. Really good. 
Oh, it's October 1st. And yes. like, here's the thing. I get it. I get it. But people who are way too into Halloween, like, <laughs> now again, I wasn't allowed to take part as a kid. I was raised by a minister and like, you know, his weird religious psycho of a wife, my mom. And like, they were just like a little too like far down that rabbit hole. Right. So I wasn't allowed to take part. So yeah, I don't totally get it. But like chicks who are way too in, like I get it, like buy a fall candle, you know what I mean, and do that whole thing. I yes, all right. But like chicks who are like Elvira about uh, uh, Halloween. <laughs> oh my God, spirit animal! Elvira's my spirit animal. Really, what you're saying is I have herpes. Do you want to catch it? <laughs> Here's where you get herpes. Like, right? That's what I see every time that happens. Do you think there's a direct correlation between between yes. between Halloween enthusiasm and sexual like sexually risky behavior, promiscuous behavior? Uh, I don't think there has to be a definite correlation between those two things, but I bet they intersect a lot. A lot in that Venn diagram. Yeah. Okay. I, I bet I bet they intersect quite a bit. Okay. Like, dude, your girlfriend's a great example of this. Okay. She likes fall, right? But she's not like the monsters, and like you know what I mean. It has to dress like that. Now, what I will give my girlfriend credit for, and every time I feel like we've gone somewhere recently, she has to go look at like you know, like well, what are the decorations for the house, and what is this oh my stuff? God, but she's not doing orange and purple and like bats. You know what I'm saying? There's fall crap in my house. There's no doubt. Me there's too. like there's leaves and there's like I don't know, like a, a fall wreath. She she bought a fall wreath and I'm like, "Megan, what are you doing? Like it's not even like we look like idiots. We're the only people on the block with a wreath right now." And she's like, "Well, it's a mossy like wreath." And I'm like, "It looks like weed. It looks like weed on the door. What are we doing here?" Well, now we know where you live. <laughs> and like I asked her. I, like I was it. like I was like, "Why like what is this?" And she's like, "It's just nice because instead of like Halloween where it looks like, you know, the dollar section of, of Target threw up in our house. This is like something we can have up through Thanksgiving before Christmas takes over. It's not just like, like I said, like spider webs and all that crap everywhere. It's just, dude, chicks who were like, Halloween's my Christmas. It's just like, I'm telling you, man, it's Herpyville. Well, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we're adults. So even Christmas shouldn't be your Christmas anymore, right? <laughs> I mean, right? Like, we're grown up, so, so, so you're not, if you're 12, I get it, but, like, come on. Yeah, I mean, if you're excited about the way your kids look in their Halloween costumes, Dad, welcome to parenting. If, but- you're, if you're excited about a Halloween party where you're like, yo, let's get dressed up and let's go do this and let's go, you know, be a part of all that, but yeah, dude, if you are, if you think that now is, like, your month and, like, oh, dude, now it's go time, and we've got to watch Hocus Pocus, oh it's like, dude, get, get, it, get it together, woman. Oh yeah, like, I've, I've dated those chicks. Who were like way too shocker, shocker. Here's the thing. They were all strippers. Every last one. Like, oh my god, Halloween. It's like, yeah, I get it. It's it's like it's the anti-holiday. And so you gotta wrap your arms around it because you're unconventional lifestyle. And oh my god. Ah, bleh, all of it. And pumpkin tastes like ass. <laughs> all of it. It's all just garbage. Bring on Thanksgiving. I want the carbs. I need dude, dude, at least mashed potatoes deserve their own day. At least they do. All right. I didn't, I guess I do want to tell this story, but I'm worried about what's going to happen to my relationship <laughs> once I do. I, I really am. I'm crazy about this girl. Totally am. Right. But she came over to my house Friday night. She couldn't wait to make dinner. So she starts making dinner. And next thing I know, I got four firemen in my living room shaking their head at her. Like, how the hell did you let this happen? That's next on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the God of your choosing. Best morning ever.
Burrow. At iHeartMedia, we know that marketing to your customers is a challenge businesses of all sizes share. We can help. Not only does radio reach 93% of Americans every week, more than Facebook, Google, and even television, but recently, privacy concerns have forced social media platforms to scale down their advertising options, while radio is expanding its reach and targeting through the iHeartRadio app every day. Visit iHeartMedia.com to learn more. Again, visit iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM to work for your company. This report is brought to you by Taco Bell. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Passing out $1,000 here momentarily. Every single hour, you're shot. We'll give you a keyword. You text it to 200-200, then you'll have $1,000 more than you did the day before. Pretty good deal. Pretty good deal. I'm hesitant to do what we're about to do right now. If you've been listening to the show recently, and you should be, I have entered into this new relationship. And I'm very, very happy. Now, you always are when when things are new. You know what I mean? But I, I feel very positive about this, which I'm sure means it will crash and burn, and then I'll be crying in the corner in the fetal position at some point. It's, 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 it's a tough thing to do when you step into a new relationship because you don't want to self-sabotage. You don't want to find like flaws that aren't there. But at the same time, you have to be looking for red flags. You, do. you know what I mean? Sure. Like it, you, you do, and you, and you have to kind of be smart about that. So it's a, uh, you're, you're just tiptoeing through uh, you know, landmines. And Phantom will tell you, I normally do that a lot, self-sabotage a lot. And I have been trying so very hard this time around not to do it because... I would like to be happy. I feel like I finally am ready to uh, to admit that I deserve to be happy. I've had some problems with that throughout my life. Uh, I went back to my therapist, uh, you know, about a year and a half, close to two years ago now. I've been doing a lot of work there. Been in back in the gym doing a lot of work there, and I kind of feel like I'm being paid off for all that hard work now. And she's great, okay. And I'm really worried that telling this story may will shoot myself in the foot in this. But so much has gone on in the beginning of this relationship already that has been hilarious that she's been like, nope, not yet, not yet, not yet. That when this happened, I kind of looked at her and said, you know I got to do this one, right? got to give me this. You got to let me have this one. And she even said, she goes, yeah, she's like, you have to give them this one. Okay. So Friday, she kind of had like a half day, right? So then we went to the movies, of course, saw The Nun instead of White Boy Rick because, well, you know, I'm not allowed to have what I want, apparently. We went and saw The Nun. It was not good. It was really boring. Thank God we were the only two in the theater. Found a way to kind of get through that <laughs> uh, that boring movie. Wasn't very good, right? I wanted to see White Boy Rick. She got to choose. We ended up seeing the worst of the two movies. Uh, dude, uh, Halloween movies, scary movies, it's tough nowadays. I, was it PG-13 or R? Oh, God, I don't even remember. Because that's just one of those things where I feel like everyone's trying to make that PG-13 kind of scary movie, and it always ends up very flat for exactly me. Exactly right. Actually, we did get to see the preview of the new Halloween, though, with Jamie okay. Lee Curtis, and that actually did look pretty good. I like slashers. You yeah. know what I'm saying? If, I, if it's a scary movie, I want it to be like blood and guts and not like, oh, my gosh, it's a psychological thriller. Exactly right. Okay. So now we're kind of, you know, we're newer into this. And like, so you're going through those firsts, like, you know, the first time you spend the night and the first, you know, restaurant you go to get and all that stuff. So we're going down the checklist of firsts, right? And she had, she had realized, oh my God, I haven't made you dinner yet. I said, no, you haven't. She goes, all right, well, we're fixing that on Friday. We'll go to the movies and then we'll go to the grocery store and then I'm just going to make this and I'm going to make this and it's all going to be great, right? Yeah. End of the day, especially now, I I think guys should do it too, but I I really do think like woman for man, there is going to be that level of like, man, cooking for you and like being cooked for those things feel very intimate. Those things feel like, yeah, this is uh, what we do here. Right. Well, when women, when they like you, they want to take care of you. 
Right. And so when they want to take care of you, that's a good sign. It's like, oh, okay, she kind of likes me, okay. right? And I was. There was part of me that was kind of excited to watch her come over, kind of wife out, right? That was kind okay. of, you know what I mean? It's kind of, I'm looking at this as a potential for, like, for real life partner here. So, like, let's see how this whole thing works out. Let's see how she is in this mode. And I was actually very excited about it. So we go to the grocery store and we're kind of doing the whole thing, right? So then we get home and, you know, she's like, all right, I'm going to make dinner. And she's like doing the whole thing, right? Okay. And she had something in the oven. Okay. And then she was going to boil potatoes on the stove, on the range. She was actually going to make real, like, mashed potatoes. Sounds right. Okay, well, we're new into this, right? So it's like you're still in the mode of can't take your hands off of her, right? And I think she's amazing. Okay. Like, I really do think my she's, like, super hot. I really do. Okay. And I just can't keep my hands off of her. I just, no matter how hard I try, I just cannot do it. So there she was at the stove, like, kind of doing the whole thing, and I kind of got, like, wrapped up in the moment. I was like, oh, my God, look at her. She's kind of over there cooking, kind of looking hot, kind of taking care of us, kind of doing that whole thing. And I got just swept up in it. So much so that I picked her up, put her over my shoulder, and took her back to the bedroom and laid her down on the bed. And we started to have the sex, right? I thought she had turned the potatoes off on the range. She did not. So now we're, like, deep into this. And she was like, well, I didn't think it was going to take this long. I thought you were going to be able to get it wrapped up pretty fast. And next thing you know, there is a blaring sound coming from the apartment building. And she goes, oh, my God, what's that noise? And I said, oh, it's that alarm from the building next door. Remember that the other day? It's that alarm from the building next door. Okay. She goes, no, I don't think it is. It's really, really loud. So sure enough, I turn around and I look in the bedroom and the entire room is just filled with smoke. Jeez. Filled Jeez. with smoke. It's everywhere. So now I'm ass naked, bro. Like, start ass naked. <laughs> the only way to be. Okay. Stark ass naked. Okay. Running down the hallway with like oh, a... With like a with, with, yeah. No, seriously. Just man boobs and old Stop. balls shaking in the Stop. wind. Just, Why are we doing just, this? Just shaking in the wind, right? Okay. Now I got a towel hey, over like the fire <laughs> alarm in my apartment, in my living room. I'm like spread out. Just like naked. Like, oh my God, make it stop. And then we realized... Holy crap, this is not just the fire alarm in my apartment. It's now the fire alarm in every single room in the entire building. I opened my door, and my neighbors got her door open because of how much smoke went into the hallway. And now she's standing there. I've now put clothes on by this point, right? By this point. And now I have to introduce the girlfriend to the neighbor like, hey, this is so-and-so. Hey, this is so-and-so. And we call the fire department, right? Obviously. Because I don't know how to shut all these alarms off in the building. There's probably a switch somewhere, but it's not like, you know, the tenants get to know this. So I tried to call the non-emergency number. Right. And nobody picked up or it gave me like the, it gave me like the offices, not like the, the not. Right. So I was like, okay. So then I call 911. And I say to the dispatch, I said, this is not an emergency, but I don't know what else to do. And you got- <laughs> I'm like doing that whole thing. Like, I tried to call the non-emergency number. I don't know what to do. And she's like, well, what happened? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, you're dealing with an eight-year-old. What happened? Tell me what happened here. <laughs> she was like, what happened? And I was like, so then I just threw the girlfriend right underneath the bus. I was like, well, she tried to make dinner. She's not any good at it. <laughs> I did. I buried her. Right? I buried her. And so now, like, I'm still now, I hang up the phone with 911, and I still got the towel, like, over the fire, like, alarm, right. like, waiting for this the thing to shut the hell up, right? 
So then next thing you know, I meanwhile, I live right in front of the fire department, like right in front of it. So the truck comes barreling up 6th Street, just all loud silence. <laughs> <laughs> just all from my apartment building. The alarms are still going off in here. Everybody in the building's just standing out there in their pajamas looking at us, right? So the fire guy, so the you know, the firemen come into the you know, the, the the apartment and they're like, "All right, one of them's like, "All right, open up all the windows, open up the top of the windows, all that stuff." One of them goes in the basement try to do the alarm. And the other ones just stay in the living room looking at her. Because I no, I actually went to go down. She led, like locked herself in the bedroom. She's like, I'm not coming out. I was like, yes, you are. Get your ass out of here. You're not making this look like this is my fault. Get your ass out of here. So then I get her out there. And the one, so then the fireman says to her, she goes, honey, what did you do? Like, what happened? Did you not realize that you had potatoes on the stove? And she goes, well, blame him. He distracted me. I said, you might as well just tell him we were like banging it out. And like, you lost wow. track of time. And I, I was like, they, and the guy looked at me. He was like. Dude, you don't think we know what was going on here? Of course we knew what was going on. It was so embarrassing. It's 100% your fault there. Like, 100, 100% your fault no, there. No, we're not going to split this? Oh, no. how? How, how? At oh, the end like of the day. pregnancy. There were two people in that room. <laughs> well, I guess if you're the one who turned the stove on, it should be your responsibility to turn it off. I thought but she turned in the it middle, off. But in the, middle, in the middle of her cooking, in the middle of all this happening right here, dude, put, put it away for a minute. Good grief, she, dude. She was furious that people were under the impression that she can't cook. Of course. She when it's like, your fault. She goes, Dan, you cannot have the entire city feeling like I don't know how to take care of you. It's like, I need to, they need to know that I know how to take care of you. And I was like, honey, relax. It's fine. So dinner was delicious. Although I didn't get the mashed potatoes. No, I was going to say, so, how could you? Honey, step up your game. So now you got to walk me through this here. So, so, much so, so the smoke was all, do you have a gas or an electric range there? Electric. You got an electric range. So the smoke was the water had like bubbling over like, yeah it had, it had like boiled all the way out okay and, and like so then there was just like dried stuck potatoes to the bottom of the pan just burnt to a i mean of course honestly, dude the next day my apartment still smelled like like rotten potatoes for sure it had to stink I, I, and i would assume that what happened with your smoke alarms there is i would assume in your apartment building everything's all synced up there for it's sure. probably one system so that yes. one goes off everyone knows yo the building is on fire you need to evacuate right now um Wow, dude. I mean, call 911 on this one. Like, and is that, did they respond to the 911 call or did they respond to the, the to 911 the alarm, call from to, what I understand? Not the alarm going I, off. Well, okay. I don't know. I didn't really ask them okay. all that. Okay. It was just there we were, just standing in the living room, four firefighters. <laughs> and then she says to me, then she has the balls to say to me, well, at least I got to see hot firefighters. I was like, Jesus Christ. You almost burned down the entire goddamn building. And now it's like, well, now you want to go home with the hook and ladder crew? And the one was kind of staring at her, too. I was like, all right, enough. You got the alarm out of there. Get out of here. You go. You get out of here with your sexy muscles and your and your your, your get up or your outfit or whatever the hell it's called. It's got her all turned on. Yeah, she was like, I'm never coming back here ever again. And, dude, she cut me off. I wasn't allowed to have any more sex that night. She was like, no, you don't get to go back on the roller coaster again. We almost blew the building up. It was really, really embarrassing. I, uh, I, I don't know. So Canton Fire Department, thank you very much for your, for your quick response. To my neighbor across the hall, I am so sorry, Cheryl. I'm going to get you a gift card to Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> I know it doesn't cover it. I know it doesn't. But I got to do something to be nice to you. I just, what a terrible way to have to introduce uh, two people. She was so, so embarrassed. And I'm sure telling the story and Facebook living it <laughs> is going to lead to a lot of successful nights for me. So there it is. I just threw her underneath the bus for everybody else's entertainment. Please don't break up with me, please. I would hate to see that happen. Your shot at $1,000 right now. 
your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword BANK to 2-1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. The overall general uh, consensus is that uh, they're siding with Fantone and that it's my fault that the fire department had to be called the other night because had I just let her sit at the stove and do her not don't Wait, say do her job. On, don't <laughs> don't say do her job. What, what are you thinking? Just let her finish making dinner. That's probably the better way to say it. That that ends up not happening. So let me ask you this question. Okay. Am I gonna get a bill for that? Do they bill you for coming out? I would assume for something like that. I mean, it costs money. No, though, because I don't think you necessarily get billed for that. It's not like you called frivolously. It's not like a fake 911 call. Well, she was like, whatever it is, I'll pay it. No, I don't, nice. I, don't, I don't think so, because that's not, I mean, that's what we all pay taxes for, right? That's what I thought, but I yeah. did, if you call and use EMT services and stuff like that, they charge you for that, I think. Um... Like yeah, if, like if you if the if the ambulance takes you to the hospital, they charge you're you for get charged that. on that. I don't know how it works with the fire department. I really don't. But I'm going to assume no because, like I said, it wasn't like if it was a frivolous call. If it was something like that, I think they would be like, well, then yeah, where you're going to make you pay for it. But you you know, it wasn't the biggest emergency in the world. But let me tell you, it was probably not smart. Was, was telling that? the entire city that why it happened. I should have just I should have lied. Fire, dude! It was raging inferno. Dude, it was so embarrassing. I mean, she even said to me, she goes, Dan, this entire first floor of this building is filled with smoke. How did we not see that? Yeah, and I'm just a little bit like, you had to have been gone for a while because usually, I mean, if water's bubbling over, especially on an electric, it's not going to create that much, you know, smoke. Well, your boy's got game. You know what I mean? Your boy's got game. I was in there getting it done. And, like, didn't you guys think that? Like, and that's the thing, too, is she's cooking. Even if it didn't turn into a fire, even if she just stopped boiling the potatoes in the middle of it, you're going to F up the entire meal at that point. All right. So I wish I could tell you the whole story. Oh, okay. but there was part of it. She's like, no. No. But okay. earlier in the day, she had kind of, like, got me going a little bit. Okay. And then we, for some reason, we had to, like, kind of stop. Okay. We had to put that away. So she goes, honestly, when you grab me out of the kitchen... She goes, I honestly didn't think it was going to... She's like, I thought we were pretty much almost all the way there anyway, and this was just going to be real fast. I was like, all right, just let them get it out, and then, you know what I mean, I'll go back okay. and do this. She goes, and then, no, that wasn't the case. And she goes, I don't know, like, I kind of swept up in it, which I, you know, feel like I want to kind of pat myself on the back <laughs> on that one. <laughs> I, feel, I, feel, I feel pretty good about it. feel pretty good and solid about that one. But, yeah, no, I don't know. They're, uh, they're siding with you on this Yeah, one. I was going to say, you have to take a big part of the responsibility here. Is that right? Yeah, you do. All right. So I don't believe this story. Or I don't believe, I believe it happened, but I don't believe the people who th- who say they were duped. Okay. Apparently this guy was like setting up sexual encounters with people and told them that you had to keep the blindfold on during the entire like rendezvous. With like strangers? Yes. Okay. So this isn't like him and like his girlfriend or anything. This is him and okay. They were meeting online. Okay. Like a Craigslist thing. Okay. And he was telling them that they were going to be hooking up with a woman. One of them says, ah, well, you know, he sounded feminine on the phone, and so I thought it was a woman. Okay. Apparently, two victims were receiving oral sex and didn't know it was a man. Another one claims that they had anal sex. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. That they had anal sex. And he's claiming he thought it had been vaginal. Now, guys, come on. Every man listening right now knows. There is a massive difference between those two things. As a matter of fact, Fantone and I were talking about this a little earlier before the show had started. There is a sexual position in which both 
points can be accessed. And occasionally, while in that position, you will fall out. And then there is a, we need to, we need to continue this. And your aim can be a little off, especially if it's dark in there. And you know immediately as soon as you butt up against that, that's not where, that was not my intended target. So I don't believe anybody could have anal sex and consider it to be vaginal. I don't buy that. I mean, I understand the point of like, well, you know, any, any, you know, any, 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 any port in a storm or anything like that. But like, dude, you're never going to mix up a mouth and a belly button. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, those are two fundamentally different things. And I like, hope not. all men should know that. All women should know that. All all people should know that. That those are two, those are two different things. There. Another guy said he had the blindfold on and had been receiving oral sex from this man and then removed the blindfold just a little bit because his curiosity was getting to him and saw a man. Now, yeah. let me, so let me ask. That, first of all, fast way to get yourself killed right there because, dude, a lot of men are going to not be able to handle the fact that you just tricked them into something gay well. There are a lot of guys who are going to overreact to that. Even though, even though, go. even though that guy who is getting tricked, quote unquote, tricked into this, BS, the dude is willingly going to that and letting it happen, but I will agree with you, a dangerous thing to do to start throwing deception around like that because you're right. There are plenty of dudes who are not going to take it well, get really even mad. if only Subconsciously, they know that it's a dude down there. Yes, I, I, that's going to be problematic for you. Do you think you would be able to tell if it were a man or a woman with said sexual activity? So would I've you- got a blindfold on. I can't see the person, and they're going to an oral's a part of this. I would think I would. I would think I would. But that's that's at least plausible in the sense of like, okay, maybe you didn't. Now, I'm going to be suspicious the entire time. Why am I wearing a blindfold? Why don't I get to see you? Why aren't we having a conversation about this? Like, yeah, like I know you're trying to trick me. I just walk into a, a room willingly and throw on a blindfold and wait for you to get there. That whole thing's a red flag for me. But at least there's like a plausible... Uh, maybe you wouldn't know there where like the anal sexing is, is just completely 100% no way possible. Plus aren't hands part of this activity. So like, you're not going to be able to tell that's a man's hand. Uh, if you got a blindfold on smaller hands, and dainty hands, shave that day. If you want, aren't you still going to feel stubble on the face? So one on of, the thigh, if one you're of, doing it right. One of one of my buddies was <laughs> oh god there's a this is, no 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 this is not not me personally but like and I know anytime somebody says hey one of my friends has happened to it's, it's like no it happened to you. It's you but I swear to you this is one of my friends okay he um through I can't remember if it was like plenty of fish or one of those stupid dating apps one of those stupid like free sites sure he went to a glory hole oh and, god and I asked him I'm like dude how did you know it was a chick and he was like you can tell you can tell and I'm like how could you tell like what do you mean you could tell he's like oh, I, I I could just tell and I'm like dude I don't think you could tell at all bro I've never understood those like I don't get that like I get the I, I get the appeal right, right? but then. You aren't worried about the fact that that person doesn't need to know who you are to do what is considered what I would consider a very intimate act. It's all very raunchy. I mean, like super sleaze sex. Like, aren't you there. worried you're just going to end up with like red bumps all over your penis? Well, I think you've probably already crossed that bridge, right? Once you've gotten the glory hole territory, it's probably like that's probably <laughs> okay. come on now. I, I want to get out of well that in the rearview mirror. I want to get out of this territory as fast as humanly possible. More say is <laughs> right around the corner. Dear God, on a Monday. Next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. That guy knows how to party. Rock 106.9. 
Hey guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here telling you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, if you're somebody who's thought about LASIK surgery in the past, there are so many questions you have, dude. And I have the exact same questions. Is it safe? How much is it going to cost? What is my vision going to be like? In the Roholt Vision Institute, they understand you're going to have questions, comments, and concerns. I mean, LASIK is a surgery. And the first step to finding out if it's the right surgery for you is to visit their website where they make everything crystal clear, both literally and figuratively, that website rollholtvision.com six nine welcome back to the Sandsbury show we're on rock 1069 coming up at eight we'll pass out a thousand dollars also talk to scott from winning for next year.com and i'm interested to do that um i can't wait to hear what his take on whether or not the officials cost us that game or not there is no denying that that was a first down yeah i also believe was it miles garrett who kind of picked that what we thought was going to be a fumble from yeah. Derek carr pretty sure like that was a blown call Two massive blown calls. There's no denying it. So I'm not arguing whether or not the refs screwed the calls up. But there's always been this mentality in sports that it shouldn't be that close. That if you're worried that if it can come down to one or two calls that you did not play well enough to win. And there will always be the point of look at the other side in the sense of, you know, that Marshawn Lynch, when he got whistled and he, dude, he was still cutting it up. Like, there was no reason to blow that whistle on the guy. Bad calls happen. It's I miss that one. It's a, hu- it's a part of the human element of sports. And, like, we all have to be okay with that because if we really wanted to, we could just do it via the booth. We could just have the eye in the sky be the official. We could have a robotic strike zone. We could have all those things. But I think that's part of the game is that human element. I made the point earlier this morning that it's not so much that those those missed calls happened. It's when those missed calls happened. Those were both moments that should have led to the end of the game. If the Browns convert that first down, they kneel it three times. They run that clock out right there. You know, Oakland there has an opportunity. But the defense giving up that touchdown late wasn't good. And the two-point conversion, dude. So both things here are true. That's that's. I think that's where people are getting like, well, it's, it's the defense's fault, or no, it's the ref's fault. And it's like, well, they both kind of effed up a little bit there. I think the two-point conversion is dumb. I don't get it. I'm sorry. I don't. I like it there for late in a game. If you can then tie a game up or go up by one with it, I understand it. But when we tried to do it early, I was like, what the hell are you doing? I mean, I understand the coaching aspect of it where it's like if you can get things beyond a field goal or you can get things beyond a, you know, like where you can change it from one score into two. I get it. It's There were points yesterday. There was a point he didn't call a two-point conversion. It was after the Browns were up one, and then they scored that touchdown, and they were up seven. And, okay. And, 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 so, and so the Browns were up one, score that touchdown, they're up seven, and he kicks it. And it's like, dude, if there was ever a time to go up two, if there was ever a time to go for that two-point conversion, that was right it. Because then? then you're up nine, and they can't score. It would take them two scores to have to do it. So the fact that he didn't do that... I, I, I haven't asked Scott this question yet this year. I don't think I have. And I, I think I have to ask him, is Hugh Jackson's seat any hotter? We're talking penalties. We're talking bonehead moves. We're talking we're talking letting things come down to officiating. We're talking missed passes. We're talking questionable decisions on two-point conversions there. It's an interesting point right? because one of the things I noticed yesterday or that I thought about is that as I was following along on Twitter with the game as I was watching it, nobody was talking about how bad Hugh is. And or not that many people anyway. And so I was like, man, that's the Baker Mayfield effect right there is because, dude, the kid's like playing well enough to where you're not noticing some of these questionable things with you. Is his seat hot? I think the seat's pretty hot this year. I do. I really do. I think, honestly, it's going to be one of those things. It's going to be, hey, thanks for your service. Now get out. 
I, I do. I, I before the season started, I, I I'd asked the question a million times of how many losses, how many more losses can you stack up to start this year off with before Hughes gone? Um, I feel like that tie was kind of a a little bit of a buffer zone. The win over the Jets, it felt like the whole thing was cool to me. It was like, all right, well he's fine. But dude, after that, watching that yesterday, I just think there were numerous points where. I know Hugh Jackson's not the one out there missing, dropping the ball, not making the catch. But at the same time, dude, like there, you are the head of this organization, and and a lack of discipline, especially coming from you, Mister. Oh, we're not giving them days off. We're just giving veterans the time to do this here. It's like, well, dude, maybe you do need to start busting skulls. Maybe you do need to start cracking a whip. Do players, coaches always lose the team? Look at Mike Tomlin. It's a players' coach. He's losing the team. Like you, like because eventually, and everybody always thinks this is so racist, even though it's not. But the inmates then run the asylum, and you can't have it. Like you can't have it. Like you gotta be in charge, dude. You're the you're the head coach. They have got you have got to be in charge of everything. There's no, but the problem is, dude, is that in the NFL, like they take now gym teachers and make them head coaches, and it's like, eh. And and I liked you, and I was a huge defender, but it may be that he's a two and not a one. And that's not really that big of a knock. A two in an NFL coaching tree is still a damn good, respectable position to have in life. But I think it's going to be at the end of the season. Thank for your, thank you for your service. We've got a roster now, and now we're going to have to get somebody in here who's buttoned up. He's going to take the thing, and I think it's probably going to be Todd Haley. I think it's going to be Todd Haley. I think you saw it in Hard Knocks. I think you saw him just getting like really firm with Hugh and saying, "Nah, dude, this is screwing up." He was early on Josh Gordon needing that kind of be like away from this whole nonsense. He's kind of been early on some stuff. I have a question for you, and this is about two point conversions. And okay, so I'm not wild about it. I know you're not, but I want to. I want to break this math down here for you. So, what percentage of the time do people make the PAT, the point after touchdown? 97, 98? I bet before they moved it, it was close to 98. I bet now since they've moved it, I'm going to guess high 80s, low 90s. I was going to I would say over 90. So let's say 90. No, let's call so it let's 90. Say, so let's say 90. Okay, so that means out of one out of every 100 kicks that you as a team make, if you're making 90% of them, you are going to score 90 points, point after touchdown. Fair. If every single time you ran a two-point conversion, all you would have to do is convert 50% of the time and you would already be scoring more points, a hundred points, than a than a, than a PAT. The NBA model, rather make threes instead of twos. I mean, if 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 we're talking about per one hundred possessions, per one hundred touchdowns, and you want to add more points onto the grand total at the end of the year, how do two point conversions not make sense? Well, the math does work. I will grant you that. However. I think, and again, I'm going because this is kind of NBA-ish, where it's like, ah, just shoot threes because if you even if you make half, you're still you know better than the twos. But that's kind of ruined basketball, and so I'm not sure. At least for me, it has, and I think it's what's ruining. Honestly, for a lot of people, it has. It's because the games get too far out of whack, you know, too soon. And so I would worry then that the same thing is going to happen with football then. As every NFL game is now 70 points combined, dude. Everybody's putting up 30 plus. It seems like. It, to me, if if it's if it's in the end of the day, the point of sports is to score more points than the other guy. Yeah. I, I would at least have to like why why don't teams do that? It it it, it, it just makes you fifty percent of the time you're already scoring more. If that's going to be the thing, then just take kicking out of football altogether. Let's just get rid of the field goals. Let's get j- just get rid of the kicking. And 
but then now you got to put asterisks to stuff and like you know that the, like the, some of the most famous like wins and losses were by kicks and so I don't never know if you can do that. I think I think the, I think you can still go for the PAT. I just think if I'm coaching a football team, if I'm looking at it from that perspective, there's at least the thought of like. Per 100 possessions, if we're scoring more points, that means more wins for us. And that's what, I mean, it's a, it's a shootout, dude. I mean, that's what the, all these games are. I, to me, 100 points is better than 90 points. You know, I didn't look at it like that, but uh, you, you got to wonder if teams aren't going to start looking. I mean, analytics is starting to come more and more into sports, and that's a very analytic-driven point. It's going to be interesting to see if NFL coaches catch up to Matthew Fantote's point on what should happen there. <laughs> see it. Matthew Fantote, head coach. <laughs> Yeah, you don't need Dan Reardon over there. No, McKinley, Fantone will just take over the job. He'll do it. He'll just, you know, he'll take those Bulldogs all the way to the national championship there. I like it. I, as a guy who's anti-two-point conversion, you may have got you, you may have uh, you may have won me over with that one. We'll talk to Scott from winningfornextyear.com. Also get you hooked up with that thousand dollars. That's next on the Stansbury Show. The Stansbury Show. We may not be a global epidemic yet. On iHeartRadio. This is a dream cut. Yo, guys, Fantone from the Stansbury Show here. The Rollholt Vision Institute is what I want to tell you about. That's where I had my LASIK surgery done. And I see 2020 now, baby. I never thought it was gonna be possible, dude. I thought I would always have to worry about where my glasses were. Did I have enough? contacts? Am I running out of solution? All that stuff. Dude, that's ancient history to me now. And if you want to be living the same lifestyle, dude, all you got to do is visit the website. They've got financing options available to you. They let you take a self-evaluation test. I want you to visit the site. It is RollHoltVision.com. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show. We're on Rock 106.9. We have $1,000 for you. We'll pass that out here momentarily, but we got to talk to my good buddy, Scott from WinningForNextYear.com first, at WFNY Scott on, uh, on Twitter there. And uh, I got to ask you, are the refs to blame for that loss yesterday, Scott? They didn't help. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, clearly, I mean, there was the, you know, there's a couple more. I mean, people are going to point out the the adjusting of the spot penalty or the decision, which clearly never happens. I mean, they, uh, and if you listen to, the radio broadcast at all. There was a challenge um, that uh, Gruden made earlier in the game about a spot, and it uh, didn't get overturned. And, and Doug and, and Jim Donovan were saying how challenging spots is almost a fruitless endeavor because it like never gets moved. And then, and then of course, you know, in the fourth quarter, it happens against the Browns. The uh, the couple more egregious calls though were not good. I mean, the the giving David Carr forward progress when he fumbled that ball, right. And the and the Browns clearly had a return touchdown did not help. Um, and then again, on the uh, ensuing punt following that spot, I don't know if you had a chance to rewatch it or if you saw it when the game was happening. Uh, when they when they didn't go for it on fourth and one and punted, there was an absurd block in the back um, that that didn't get called that allowed their their punt returner to spray free and set up that 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 last second right. punt, okay, that last yeah, second touchdown. So, I mean, so there there's there's a lot of issues. Um, and you know, it's, but you know, again, you can't turn the ball over as, as much as the Browns did. No, you, can't. Uh, you can't play defense as poorly as, as poorly as the Browns did in, uh, in crucial moments. Uh, you needed, you really needed one stop one stop, and, and they, and, and, and they couldn't get it. And you know, the officiating didn't help, but, uh, you, you also didn't uh, execute when needed. I agree. There was a, there's something else that, uh, we have not yet talked about this morning with this game. And, uh, I got to eat my words on Baker Mayfield, man. I do. 
I don't know if he's going to be a Hall of Famer. I don't know if he's going to win a suit, all that stuff. But he's definitely a little bit better than I was giving him credit for. And he does that whole, he's a winner, and I always laugh at those kind of platitudes, but there's something in it, and he does have a watchable character. And this is what Baker Mayfield brings for you. Yesterday, it's fourth and six. And they're like, yeah, roll the offense out there. And I was like, wait, what are we doing? Like, what's happening? And then sure enough, Baker converts. Like, he was, dude, he had this team on like 10, 11, 12 play drives yesterday. Like, we just haven't seen this kind of stuff. Like, there is a positivity and an optimism around this team right now that, uh, that I didn't think we were going to get this year. But Fantone, I'm sure, is going to write about, he's chomping at the bit because <laughs> he's right on this. We are getting ready to go into what he has been calling a meat grinder of the schedule. And so I'm just worried that this optimism I'm talking about now is going to start to wane two, three weeks down the road from now. I, it, if, it's, if, it's a wins and, if it's wins and losses based, it could. Yeah. Um, because the schedule's tough. Um, you know, the, the Baltimore looked really, really good last night on both ends of the ball. Uh, John Brown is tough to cover. And their defense, despite, you know, they, you know, you always talk about the old, you know, we don't, we don't rebuild, we reload adage for Ohio State. Right. I feel, I feel like Baltimore, and their ability to just be a sound defensive team every season, is uh, is right there. But no, he's he's not he's not wrong in that. Uh, you know, this this was the chance for them to to win some football games. Uh, you know, again, they should have beaten they should have beaten New Orleans, uh, and and yesterday was much much of a of a of a game that they should have, they should have won. Now, you know, being in them is, is still a huge step forward compared to last season. I mean, you know, they, I mean, they went four and 12 against the spread last year, which is really tough to do. Yeah, so it's, tough. Um, you know, the, but it, you know, there, there's definitely progress. Baker's legit. Um, you know, I think that, you know, the chargers are good, but they could be beat, especially if Bosa's not there. I agree with that. You know, Tampa, what's that? I said I agree with that. I I I think you can maybe steal the Chargers game. Um, I you know, think people... Tampa Bay might not be as good as everybody thinks. Um, you know I don't you know I don't know, but it gets it gets dicey as you as you go further because KC's really really good. Really good. Um, that that the the Mahomes Mayfield match that that week is going to be fantastic. Yeah, the NFL is going to love that. Yeah, so they're going to have to. NFL is actually that's because I think that gets into uh, flex territory. You know, so I think they could start, you know, I, I would love if they, if they move that game to a national kind of spotlight so people could watch that. But, but that said, yeah, it's going to be tough to win, win five, six, seven games here. If, if you went into the season thinking they were going to be that, that kind of a team, um, you have to beat Oakland and you have to have gotten that game against New Orleans to get there. So the, it'll be a tough road for sure. Yeah, I mean, you know, Dan and I kind of dissected the, uh, the schedule a little earlier in the broadcast. It's and brutal. I mean, when you're looking at Pittsburgh, maybe, yeah, that's one of the winnable ones, dude. You do. You have a gauntlet in front of you. And, uh, you know, I, I understand the optimism and I certainly bought into it yesterday. I don't think there's ever been a time in recent memory over the past five years where I felt like during the game, Hey, they could do this. They could win this. It's possible. Where last year it was very much I was waiting for Yakety Sacks to start playing. I was waiting for, you know, the ball to get pulled away from Charlie Brown. Where, where there was something yesterday. But Scott, you bring up the point of, well, if you're looking at success with wins and losses, but I'm sorry, as Browns fans, we have to look at this. And I know there's an optimism this morning, and I know there's this sense of like, well, Baker's the real deal. But like, dude, we're talking about another two, three win season here. And it was point in and well well they're looking better and they've got a better roster and they're they're performing better and they're covering the spread at what point does Hugh Jackson at what point is he held accountable here 
he should definitely be held accountable for not going for it on fourth down yesterday. Um, you know that was that was a move to not lose, not a move to win. Right. Um, Fair you know, point. That was that's that is that was upsetting. Um, you know, and there and there's you know clearly there's other things throughout the season that he probably should have done better. Um, you know, and it's and it, it doesn't help when you see how Hugh and the Browns lost, and you compare that to how Mike Vrabel and the and the and the Titans won. Right. I mean, you're seeing these new coaches like John McVay, Mike Vrabel, whomever, do things creatively to uh, to help their team win football games, and you're just not seeing that right now from the Browns. The hard part is how much of that's on Hugh, how much of that's on Todd Haley, how much you know. We you, you really don't know. I'm assuming it was Hugh who decided to put the punt team on. I mean, that's his, yeah. you know Haley. Coach, Haley coaches right. the offense when the offense is on the field. You know, if, if they don't, if they're not on the field and they go with the special teams unit, then you that's know on that, that's on Hugh. So. You know, it'll, it'll be it'll be tough, and I think it's he's definitely going to have to look himself in the mirror here. And I think uh, John Dorsey is going to have to do the same as well. When you see how all these other teams that this you know the, the new age NFL, for lack of a better term, are are winning games that they probably shouldn't have won, um, and then uh, and then you see the Browns losing games that they probably shouldn't have lost. We're talking to Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Before we let you go, Fantone's got this really interesting theory with the two-point conversion in football. So quickly, I want him to run you through it. Yeah, dude, I mean, 97% of field goals are, are PATs are made, so we're talking about 97 points there. All you would have to do is convert 50% of your two-point conversions. Hugh Jackson just had his D just, just, just raging for him yesterday. What's your thoughts on scoring 100 points, I guess, versus 97? Is it 97 right now? I feel like, it, I feel like that's changed since they moved the line back. That's but either I way, too, I think your I point is valid. Go ahead, Matt. I'm sorry. No, I was just going to say, I mean, do you think that's a, as we look at sports getting more and more analytical, as we look at them being more and more like X's and, or well, getting broken down by nerds as opposed to X's and O's, do you see that being a part of the future? Oh, for sure. I think, I think Mike Tomlin's already there. I think he said something along the lines of it a couple seasons ago. Um, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's shooting a three-pointer instead of a two-pointer. Right. Um, that's what you, you, you might not make as many of them, but when you do, they, they count for more. They add um, up. And you saw and you saw them go for two early yesterday, um, which I think was a good sign. Uh, I don't, you know, again, you know, keep keep the guys in the field. Um, you know, you mentioned the four, the fourth and sixth that they that they got. I think once that confidence kind of builds up, I think you'll see them go for two more often. But also, as kickers start to you know cost teams games, I think you're going to start to see teams go for more often as well because you don't want to leave it in the leave it in the in the hands of a guy or a kid who has to kick a fifty yarder from the dirt. That's exactly right. Put it in. Put the game in the hands of your stars. And uh, I don't really love the two point conversion, but you guys are starting to sell me on it pretty heavily. That's Scott from WinningForNextYear.com. Great insight as always. Make sure you check out WinningForNextYear.com every single day. Keep up with your Browns, Indians, Cavs. Scott, we'll talk to you again next Monday, buddy. Thank you. Sounds good, guys. Take care. A thousand dollars up for grabs every hour. The next one right now. Your shot at one thousand dollars now. Text the keyword Bills to two hundred two hundred. You'll get a text confirming entry plus iHeartRadio info. Standard data and message rates apply. That's bills to 200-200. The Stansberry Show. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Online for you at WRQK.com. Looking ahead for tomorrow, New Turd Tuesday, we have, uh, or we will have, new Papa Roach for you. Okay. I like them. That's a radio rock band. I'm always like, yeah, all right, they're pretty good. Yeah, I mean, you can't. Well, Papa Roach sucks. Okay. Nah. <laughs> all right. Nah. Ooh. Do we have new Little Wayne for tomorrow? Oh, the Carter 5 did drop, yeah. 
So I got a couple of choices here. Uproar, Don't Cry, Let It Fly. A couple of choices there from Lil Wayne. Uh-huh. So yeah, probably be Wheezy. And then we'll do Papa Roach, and then uh, we'll end up picking your country artist between now and then for you. Looking forward to that tomorrow. I would imagine that a lot of guys listening right now, that if you could, if you ask them something that they would like to do sexually that they're probably not going to get a chance to do, that threesome's going to be pretty high on that list. Okay. Okay. It seems like, or I, and I don't know if maybe this is just movies and TV kind of selling us this, but it seems like the idea of two women is like the ultimate male fantasy. People have made that claim about Gilligan's Island, that that's essentially, remember Days and Confused kind of made that argument about Gilligan's Island, that that's the ultimate male fantasy. There you are, stuck on an island with the Madonna and the whore. And I guess I kind of understand it in the sense of, I think a lot of guys look at Strange and kind of think like, oh man, there's such an allure and novelty. I think in the world, kind of across the board, like we're drawn to it. Sure, So, I agree. The, so the concept of like, kind of having your cake and eating it too where it's like okay I can still be in a relationship still have this but I can also have sex with other people I understand why it feels like oh man that'd be great like it's exactly what I want yeah I uh, I don't want to be judgmental okay okay because God knows I'm into some weird stuff but I think honestly man if you're letting your partner sleep with other people and this and that like dude for me that is not my idea of love and that right. if I love you, watching you have sex with somebody else is going to kind of turn my stomach. Yeah. Now, I've had group sex and slept with chicks with buddies. And I've done it all. But that was always with girls I didn't really care about. Like, if I care about you, I just can't do that. Not that it cannot be done. It just cannot be done in my life. In, in big picture, I mean, if you're going to even like dip your toes in these waters you have to understand how very very complicated it is and especially i mean you're right dude it's complicated enough when you're having sex with people you don't necessarily care about if you start throwing feelings into into the emotion that really is going to be very choppy waters so that's actually the first place they say to start about the idea of bringing a threesome into your relationship which is be honest with your relationship are you solid because if you're not this is only going to drive a wedge further. Okay. Now, if you're completely solid and it's something you're interested in, that maybe you might be able to pull it off. They say, but you have to spot the insecurity because jealousy is a, excuse me, a relationship killer. And they're right. It's a major risk factor when talking about threesomes. As a matter of fact, I'll tell you a real quick personal story about a threesome I once had. I was dating this woman and she was like, hey, I kind of want to you know, have sex with this girl I work with. And she says she might be into it. Are you into it? This is years and years ago. I said, yeah, 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 let's do that, right? So, you know, she comes over, we get, you know, everybody gets drunk, we kind of do that whole thing, and we move into the bedroom. We, then, long story short, I had um, finished with the girl that we added to the situation and not for the then girlfriend. I had no idea that that would be considered to be a faux pas. In a threesome. And it made her really, really jealous, really, really mad. And then the whole thing just flew off the rails. And so you got to be careful. You got to be really talkative about what's going on and make sure you both are after the same thing. Yeah. I mean, you really want a clear cut picture of what you both view as appropriate and inappropriate. And I just think it's interesting as, you know, you tell that story. This was, or at least as you presented it, this was essentially her idea. Now, 
even when it was her idea, she was expressing interest in it. She was the one who expedited it. And made still it ended it up happen. getting mad. It's in right, and she still ended up getting mad. So if you think that you're going to talk your wife into this of of 25 years that it's just going to be all all, eh, well, I thought it was something we all wanted, dude. Come on, like, come on. Now, timing is everything. They claim when starting the conversation about having a threesome. Meaning, if you're at a party and you're hammered drunk and right. her friend looks hot, right. don't say it then. No. You want to, honestly, this is something you want to talk to with your partner when you guys are alone and in a, and, and a very safe place. It, I think this is good advice for any any sexual discussion is the further away you can be from sex when you have it, usually the, the conversation better. you mean. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Like, it, it, and whether it's, you know, you you want to have a threesome or it's something that you, something else you want to try or even something that you're having a problem with, to have that conversation in the car, you know what I mean, or at dinner or something like that, then you're not in that moment where the feelings aren't necessarily there. You separate yourselves and, 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 and you have the ability to kind of be a little bit more frank without worrying about their feelings. I agree with everything you just said. I also think, though, there is a uh, there is something to be said about a post-sex wrap-up session as you're laying in bed, kind of like talking about what happened and did everybody get where they need to go and how, maybe how do we do that? I, but I agree with you that if you really want to have a real conversation about it further away from the activity, probably not the worst idea ever. Um, they say beat around the bush when talking about this. Don't just blurt out, I want to have a threesome. Like, kind of talk to, you know, your partner about their pleasure. Sell them on why it's going to be good for them. And, uh, you know, ask them, hey, is there any underlying stuff here that we may be able to get to that you want that we can get to that I can maybe, you know, help please you in this manner? And then, you then you know, then the dialogue's open. And now you can start to suggest stuff. I, I think it'll be interesting. And I'm sure that this has happened in relationships before where people are like, okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kind of float the idea of that threesome out there. I'm going to, you know, plant the seed a little bit right there. And then she's like, oh, yeah, I would totally have a threesome with you and another dude you know what i mean because right. like we're so we're so much looking at this from the perspective of like the threesome that i want now not to say some dudes don't want to tag team their chick but like looking at it from the perspective of two chicks two chicks two chicks two chicks and how quickly that conversation That's selfish right how quickly that conversation is going to change when she expresses yeah i i want this but i want it to be two dudes it, it, yeah i'm sure a lot of guys are like whoa whoa didn't think of that and i've always said about threesomes that if you're going to ask for this and you want her to do that, that's fine. But then you have to be open to the fact that you're going to hear your partner say that they may desire something that you might think is nuts. Now, whether it's threesomes, however you want to break them down, or open relationships, I just always want to make the fact clear that women can always get laid more than men. For sure. End of the day, dude. You, or you, I, or any other guy could go out with the intention of getting laid, and it's not necessarily going to happen. You strike out. Strike Chicks out. don't strike out. If they want to have sex with somebody at a bar, they're going to have sex with somebody. Yes. So it's like, if you think it's like, oh, well, dude, we'll bang you, and I'll bang her, and we'll all have all this sex, when she's batting a 1,000, and you're sitting there down there in the 200, and you're like, son of a bitch, man. She is just getting D. Like, you, there's going to be a problem. Absolutely, there will be. You're absolutely right. Now, here's the last part they say this. If you float this idea and she says no, you're not going to change her mind. Like, there are some people who are just like, nope, not for me. It's a commitment issue. There's, It's between two people and there should never be a third. I don't think you're going to be able to like talk them into it if they're not into it. I, I think this is one of those things I, I've brought up before that if your if your wife or girlfriend is going to be down for threesomes, you already know. 
You know what I mean? Like, I think it's very, very rare that it's just like, oh, well, hey, I'll throw this idea out here and maybe she'll like uh, weasel her way into being interested. You already know she's already had experiences like that. Something's already happened. I think it's very rare that you are the catalyst of that thought. Somewhere along the line, you thought to yourself, I bet she'd do it. Like, you're absolutely right. Like, for me in my my current situation, like, I know that's a non-starter. It's a non-go. It would, she, as a matter of fact, she already told me, she goes, that's your thing. I'm not. I was like, no, no, no. I'm, I've been there, done that. I don't. It's not necessarily something I need. So you are right about that. There would be along the way. You'd be like, yeah, I bet she could be talked into that. It's, it, it's never going to be like come out of left field. I think Fantone's right about that. We are passing out a thousand dollars every single hour. We will do it again for you at nine o'clock. I took a piece of listener email. Well, actually, Facebook message. If I'm being honest, and it's really confusing to me. And a guy tried to make the claim that I'm anti U.S. troop which I think is hysterical when you think about the fact that I've tried to buddy up as much as I can with the Save 22 guys, and I've been very good on this issue, I believe. But he is he claims I'm anti-U.S. troop, and it's all because of my take on Bill Cosby, ironically. That's next on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Rich Over on Rock 106.9. Another shot at $1,000 shortly after 9 a.m. We'll do that. Also has some Mushroom Head tickets for their Halloween show. Ooh. World Famous Cleveland Agora, October the 27th. Ooh. We'll get you into Mushroom Head. We'll do that. You know, we'll do that around 9.30. If you've never been to a Mushroom Head Halloween show, go, dude. If go. You, if you've never seen that band, that's the show you want to see. It's, dude, it just a spectacle to say the least, man. Really? And, you know, there's a million other bands who have done it before, but they understand showmanship, dude. Like, oh, they, they get, get it. it. Like, they get it. Yeah. Jason, dude, Jason knows what he's doing. He knows. Yeah. They know what they're doing. I know there's a thousand guys in that band. I just happen to know Jason a little bit, and I kind of like him. Don Mag is like, hell yeah, they know what they're doing, dude. You kidding me? Oh, yeah. Screaming. Jumping up and down. Those Osiris shoes probably falling off his feet. (laughs) I love Donnie, dude. He's so funny. So there is a listener who took issue with something I said about Bill Cosby and is spinning this as me anti-military. Okay. Now, I feel like my record on the military is pretty good. I talk about it all the time. My dad was a Vietnam veteran, didn't really like talking about it in the house. You could tell there was some survivor's guilt. Now, no PTSD, but felt like, you know, I came back kind of unaffected, but a lot of guys I served with did not. And so we just kind of stayed a little quiet with it. I've also tried to buddy up and do the best I can with an organization here locally called Save 22, which uh, works really, really um, uh, endlessly to end the fact that uh, it's 22 servicemen and women a day take their lives. That's too many. One would be too many. 22 is way too high, and they're doing everything they can to put a dent in it. And we've kind of helped give them a platform, and I've you know done some events with them, and I've you know I've golfed with some of these guys. I I went on like their hike that they do every year. We're, I'm going to do it again this year. Already committed, and so like I feel like my record on this has been pretty good. Yeah, and I I really don't feel like this is anything that you should have to defend yourself on. Like I, I think number one, the 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 kind of record speaks for itself, and number two, it's just so it, it's just such a sign of the times, and it's so twenty. 2018, and I, I hate to use that as like a, a, a describing term, but it's just like so you think one thing different to, than me, therefore you must be anti-troop. It's like, dude, really? You think Stansberry's sitting here like, like, boy, man, I hate the troops. I want them all to die, dude. They're all the worst people on the face no. of the planet. What, what, I, what are, Not even he's, close. He's anti-troop? That's what he is? He just, he just hates them. And so th- this, this is the implication. Now, this is all centering around Bill Cosby. Okay. Okay. Now, I don't remember what it is I exactly said about Bill Cosby, but I know how I feel about it. The guy was pretty much an admitted rapist. He said, 
Her silence was her consent. That's a rapist. Convicted rapist at this now, point. Right. I mean, like, so, so we've gone through the, the due process and we've gone through the judicial system. And I mean, are there are there errors in the judicial system? Of course there are. But at the end of the day, found guilty by a jury of his peers. I feel like they got this one right. Bill Cosby's a rapist. Okay. Right? So this guy hits me up and says, Bill Cosby's a veteran. Don't ever forget that. Okay. You're right. He served the country. So then I just responded back and I said, okay, he's still a rapist. There are some actions that you can do, in my opinion, there are some actions that you can do that wipe out any good you may have done yeah. and will allow me to, yeah. sh- allow me. So, you know what? Okay, it's my show. I'm going to rephrase. <laughs> I, there are some actions you can do that can make it possible for me to. Where it will overshadow what you've done, not wipe out. Let's say that it will overshadow what you've done, not wipe out. Because I don't, I, I don't want that's that that wasn't fair to say that. Okay, so he then comes over top of it and says, "You are an American because of him." Okay, well, I don't know if I'm an American because of Bill Cosby. Am I an American? Do I have safety because of the overall entity of the armed services? Absolutely right. Now, any one particular person inside those things, I think now we're getting a little carried away with that. But I see the point. He says a lot of servicemen who served in back in Vietnam and Korea did some bad things while they were over there and once they got back. So are you telling me you're less grateful for the sacrifice they made for you? No. But what the military even did is for guys who acted, that's why there's war crimes. It's because yeah. you can break rules of engagement. That's why there's war crimes. That's why there's military police. So yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if I can go so far as to say am I less grateful for what they did, but I want to punish people that did wrong things, no matter what they if they served in the military or not. You still have to take care of wrongdoing. And I mean, I, I, I certainly understand the point that people have made recently, and I think there's a lot of validity in it. Of uh, you can't necessarily judge people and actions of the past by the standards of today. You get into a very, very messy situation once you start trying to apply those things because Agreed. times and things are changed and like, now I'm not saying that's a get out of jail for free card on every situation but at the end of the day, if we're talking about victimizing another human being in the sense of sexually assaulting them and sense of raping them. I don't care what the circumstances were. I don't care what times we lived in or what happened there. At the end of the day, dude, you're a rapist. Like there's gotta be somewhere along the line that it's like, well, you know, uh, the language has changed. Yeah. But the concept of raping somebody being wrong, that's, that's as old as time. My friend, like victimizing somebody like that is wrong. Regardless. How many soldiers got daughters? You mean they want they want Bill Cosby doing to their daughter? You know what I'm saying? Just because you did something doesn't mean that I'm going to be okay with everything you did. Then he comes back over top of it again and tells me that good people can sometimes do bad things. That doesn't make them any less of a good person. No, yeah, that's yeah, actually it what it does mean. Actions matter. It absolutely does matter. It absolutely does make you less of a bad person. Now hold on, okay? Let me. You can, as a kid growing up, you can be a good kid. And then steal a 20 out of your mom's purse. Does that necessarily make you a hardened criminal? No. But you can be, you can have lived your entire life as a good person, but you raped one chick, bro, and I'm sorry, you're not a good person. I'm sorry, you're not. That is a crime. That is a, that you are victimizing somebody in a manner that most people, most people are not capable of doing. I think what this guy's doing here is. It kind of getting lost in the sauce here in the sense of what I mean is well it's false equivalence is what's happening. right 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 exactly what it is but but so many times I think on the show you and I have talked about 
um, nuance and gray areas and uh, things that aren't perfectly black and white. And I think a vast majority of the time there are those discussions to be had. Yeah. But this is a very black and white conversation. Uh, but, yeah. And I you agree. can't point you can't point to a, a shade of gray and be like, well, this shade of gray proves that 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 wrong. It's like no, dude. This there is no nuance in this. You victimize somebody repeatedly, repeatedly. This wasn't a one time thing. Over where it was forty like, years. Right. We're talking decades of abuse here. So like, can you? But at the end of the day, though, you can respect somebody's the fact that they served the country, that they were willing to make that sacrifice, and still look at them and say that this was fundamentally wrong. This that that you you're not you're not representative of of the entire military family here. You are an outlier that that was in the wrong. I'm sorry. Once once you rape somebody, you're a rapist. I, I cannot look at every other thing up and down in your life and then clarify you as that or classify you as that. You're a rapist at this point. Right. I mean, nobody's looking at Catholic priests right now and saying, well, you know, they did a lot over here and this work over here was really, really good. And actually, they helped feed 100,000 kids, but they only raped one. You know what I'm saying? 999,999 of them are fine. It's like, no, dude. Whether, whether, whatever position you're in, whether, whether it's, it's, it's as, as, as a clergyman, whether it's as an officer, whether it's as a teacher, I mean, there are, there has to be some sort of standard somewhere. And just because you're one of those things is not a get out of jail free card. Yeah. I, I'm sorry. Like, by, wow. by his rationale, wow. by his rationale, his rationale, not mine. Wow. By this listener's rationale, that if I was, that, that, that if somebody wanted to be a pedophile, like it would be okay as long as you went and did a four year tour first. Right, go serve your country for four years, then you then anything that anything you do, you don't get in trouble for. See, guys, the, every, so sometimes when I'm in here, red in the face, screaming and bitching about social media, that's why because those are the kind of comments, those are the kind of attitudes, those are the kind of opinions I got to sift through sometimes to get to something good. I can't even believe somebody wow. sat down and wrote those three messages wow. and sent them to me, trying to suggest that I'm anti military. I'm anti anti-U.S. troop, you ask those Save 22 guys. They'll tell you that most people will tell those guys, oh, yeah, I want to help you. I want to help you. And then when it comes down to helping them, then they're nowhere to be found. I said I would help them and then stood up and did what I thought was right, and I will continue to do so. As a matter of fact, their website is save22.vet. 22 veterans a day commit suicide. That's crazy. If you or somebody you know is in that situation, you kind of need to talk that out. Save22.vet will help you get in touch with some guys who can and women who then can help you work this out. You're not all alone. There is a group out there that's trying to help you. Again, Save22.vet. I got to tell you guys, you can say a lot of things to me, but you you try to come to me as anti-military, I'm sorry, you're going to piss me off. Your shot at $1,000 is next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show. All right, I like it. I like it a lot. Rock 106.9. This report is brought to you by Taco Bell. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. You can join the Rock 106.9 Bowling League and bowl with Fishhead. That's starting tomorrow night at AMF Hall of Fame Lanes. For the Lights Out Bowling. Fishhead will be there every single week bowling with you. For a $10 fee for a short eight weeks, you can get registered at WRQK.com. And you can find AMF Hall of Fame Lanes at 5155 uh, Tusk there. And uh, that brought to you by Budweiser, apparently. Are you any good at bowling? I was when I was a kid. Okay. I'm not in it, but I haven't done it in so long now. Although I'm supposed to be actually going to AMF, I believe, tonight. Okay. With our good buddy Tracy Long, again veteran. Okay. Um, who who I uh, he invited me out to play in a golf outing with him on Saturday. We did that, and I guess they're a guy short tonight for their league, and uh, and I think I committed to that. 
I uh, I bet you a dollar Fish Head's a good bowler. Just something about the dude, just everything about him just says to me, like, hell yeah, dude, that dude's throwing strikes all the friggin' time. Yeah, he's from Maslin. That yeah. seems like a bowler sound. <laughs> it does. There's just of, something about him. Like, I feel, I feel like you sure you got born with a football in one hand, a 16-pound bowling ball in the other. You know he's got the whole setup, I'm sure, like that ball buffer where, you know, your thing to do in the shoes. I'm sure he's got it all. Plus, he's, he's bald. Got a bowling ball for a head. <laughs> he's got to be a decent baller, right? All right. So the Powerball is sitting around like 230, 230 million, something like that. I think the cash value is something like, I don't know, like a uh, like 135 million. Okay. Estimated 229 million jackpot, cash value 134. Right? That's a lot of bread. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of money. Yeah. Racks, I believe the kids call it today. Racks. Sure. A lot of those, right? So they say there are things you should do when you win serious money like this. And the first piece of advice, and this is what I would want to do for sure, the first piece of advice is stay anonymous. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I didn't know this. But you can only remain anonymous in six states if you win this kind of money. Now, I don't know why that would be. I can't come up with the reason on why that would be. Yeah, why is that public information? I don't know. I don't know what the what that's for. Now, we're on the list. It is Delaware, Kansas, Maryland, North Dakota, Ohio, and South Carolina. You can remain anonymous if you win the lottery like that. All other states, I guess you have to publicly declare. From the state or from the lotto perspective, I guess, of the powers that be here, um, if we don't show you who's winning, if we don't tell you who's winning, you're going to assume nobody's winning. It's all a big con job. Nobody's spending any money with you anymore, right? Okay, that, of course, is the reason. Okay. That, uh, yes. Because okay. uh, radio contesting kind of works like that, too, where it's like you have to make sure you're giving stuff away and the, the, the information normally available somewhere, that way people know. Don't forget about those mushroom head tickets. <laughs> Fair point. Fair point. Okay. Now, that's obviously the point. I, I didn't think about that, but yes. Now, the other piece of advice when you win the lottery is sign the winning lottery ticket. Okay. It's, uh, it's considered to be a bearer instrument, which means that whoever signs the ticket can claim the lottery winnings. Meaning, if you really? drop it on the ground and you pick it up and sign it, it's now yours. I'm surprised. I really am. Um, now, I, I would agree signing it's a great idea. Probably having somebody else verify it, even getting like a video of it seems really smart to me. But I'm surprised that if like, okay, let's say I, I win the lotto, but I drop the ticket and I lose it. They know where they sold that. If you can go back, check the cameras. That happened in Canada. Right. You check the cameras. You see it was me buying that ticket. I'm surprised that a signature on a piece of paper is enough to do that. They say choose an upfront lump sum cash payment or the annuity payments. When you win the lottery, you have an important choice regarding your lottery winnings, they say. You can receive a one-time lump sum cash payment or you can receive annuity. The cash upfront payment would be approximately, if it was five hundred, around $176 million or whatever. Um, consider the time value of the money, they say. How much can you earn under each scenario comparing the timing of the payments that you receive? A dollar today is worth more than a dollar tomorrow with a lump sum payment. You can invest the proceeds now and earn a financial return. That's all rich people talk, dude. See, that's the problem here is that you, is that the writer of this of this article is assuming that whoever won the ticket is this going is to, from Forbes. Is, so you're right is going to be able to figure that out, dude. John Q. Public, dude. Steve walking down Tusk right now. That guy's got no idea what we even just said. Like, it, the, nor do might, I. You might as well have just been speaking French to the dude. So I think that's really tough for people. You have to look at how old you are, how long you expect to live, and like where your priorities are. Because to me, I'm 35 or 34. I feel like, all right, bro, you got 30 plus years left on this planet. One way or the other, I'd rather have the payoff long term. 
Assemble a stellar team of financial, legal, and tax advisors is their next piece of advice. That's great, but it's too broad. And what I mean by that is, well, who? Right. I'm financially dumb. Like, I don't know these things. So it's like, well, I watch a lot of golf, and they say Charles Schwab seems to be good at what they do. But I have no idea what they do. Like, I watch that song, and I'm like, I don't know. So, like, and this is where I think a lot of people are going to get taken advantage of. Because they know this guy doesn't even have sleeves on his shirt, right. and now he's worth two hundred and thirty million dollars. We're going to be able to move this money all around this board. His never—they're never going to know. Yeah, and I mean, I think pro athletes face that a lot, but For even, sure but even, do. but even more so, lottery winners, because it's like. At least when you're an athlete, you knew that this opportunity was coming. This is a curveball if you if you win it in the lottery. You just right. like you know you threw two dollars at a car at a, at, a, at a piece of paper, and all of a sudden it's worth you know 150 million. Like who do I call? I, see, in what order do I go in too? Because I can't Lawyer. just I can't just go to H and R Block out of the gate, right? I mean that's where I get my taxes done now. But I'm a, I'm a schmuck, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. Like I, I like I, I would I wouldn't even know what that first step is. I would imagine lawyers probably first. Right? Because things are going to start coming out of the woodwork. But again, who do you hire? Yeah, which lawyer? I don't know who to call right now. I would have no idea who to call right now. I don't know, like, tax shelter. I don't know. Just somebody help me. Like, I would just be at the bank like, can I deposit this? What do I do with this here? Like, can I deposit this? Like, I wouldn't know. I don't know the right lawyer. I don't know the right tax people. I don't know who to Like, who in Canton can handle $300 million? I mean, I think I have an idea of where I would go for advice, but do I know that person would be the person with $300 million? No, we still in Canton. Like, where are you going? Okay, where are you going? I mean, I I, I guess, like, well, my girlfriend works for a, um, for, she works for a wealth management company. Oh, yeah, you're right. So there is a little bit of that where it's okay. Okay, you're right. And then at that point, I'm probably going to be hitting up like like my buddy Jason Reese, you know, downtown Canton lawyer. He's not like a wealth management person like that, but he'll at least be able to point me in the right direction. But at the end of the day, I'm dealing with I'm, what you're Jason. Deal- I love you, dude, but I've been at happy hour with you, <laughs> and, dude. I gotta tell you, if I have what, 134 million dollars, I'm not calling. What, what you're dealing with there, though, is your trust in your network. Is that like, and the vast majority of people don't have that legal network, don't have somebody that they can go to for advice. No, there, that's why you bought a lottery ticket. Right. So like, it, this is all like. I said, this is all rich people talk about how would you handle the lottery. Poor people are like, I don't know. What would I, I don't know. Not- I would call my sister-in-law probably because she's she's pretty tied in in Las Vegas and is really tight with like, actually the one family are billionaires and they're like really, really tight. And so they would obviously have people that could point me in the right direction. But again, I would be worried that they'd be like, all right, well, I'm going to take advantage right, of right. this idiot. Yeah, this idiot from Ohio that all of a sudden has $100 million. I'll pull his pants down. You knock him over me and then we'll take the money and run. I would absolutely want to be anonymous though right yeah, because 100%. people are just going to come out of the woodwork and nowadays there's the social media pressure of if you don't give all that money away secretly you're a selfish dick and i mean dude your life is going to become infinitely more complicated now some things are going to clear up and you're going to have money to do stuff but there's going to be a lot of really really tough decisions to make and you're going to be in a vulnerable place as somebody with that much money and yeah dude putting yourself out there to be to be exposed like that it, it seems like a bad idea i wonder if i had 134 million if i won 134 million dollars tonight do i still live in this country because you know what americans are really good at greatest country ever and it's like well yeah without any stamps in your passport it might be am i still living in this country yeah i mean i think i still live in america but at the end of the day am i here all the time Probably no not. Probably <laughs> not. 
Oh, my God. But I'd love to have money like that. Yeah. Although I think it probably does bring a lot of problems. Sure. And new problems. I mean, at the end of the day, would I rather have rich people problems and poor people problems every single time? But, uh, yeah, it's going gonna, it's gonna to be it's gonna be a new stress for you. Yeah, absolutely. I, they say, and I read this in the Paul Stanley book, actually, where he talked about, he's like, look, I'll, having a ton of money, he's like, it happened to me overnight. He's like, I went from being broke until, like, next thing I know, I was like a multimillionaire. He said, all it really did was erase me worrying about how I was going to pay my rent. He's like, I was still self-conscious about the fact that, I, you know, you know, about my birth, the fact I was still worried about things that were going on in my life. My girlfriends didn't get any more trustworthy or anything like that. He's like, as a matter of fact, most things got worse. Yeah, but not having to worry about rent and food and like, oh, do I have lights this month? You know what I mean? Like, I'll take those problems. Yeah, having your basic, you know, human needs taken care of would actually be kind of great. So, you know what? If you got $134 million laying around, Fantone and I would love to split it with you. <laughs> Come on, don't be selfish. Pass out some money. Actually, that's our job. Let's get yeah. you hooked up with $1,000 right now. Your shot at $1,000. Now, text the keyword cash to 2-0-ROCK-1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show on Rock 1069. Still have those Mushroom Head tickets. We'll end the show by giving you those. 1-800-243-7625, the number you will need when we're ready for that. Make sure you keep that handy. Put it in your phone. Also, make sure you download the free iHeartRadio app. That way you can never miss the show. There's also a 24-7 Sandsbury Show channel there. Uh, we had some podcasting issues on Friday. That one's probably uh, lost forever. Sorry on that. But the stream for it may be uh, on iHeartRadio. I'm not sure. But you can download that app and find out for yourself. I don't understand the crying in your beer mentality on the Cleveland Browns today. I don't. I really don't get it. Now, yes, the refs kind of like screwed you a little bit. They did. But you got to take it out of the refs' hands. But more so than that, I, I just, I have been down and negative on this team for a while. And I honestly, I felt walking away, even after a loss yesterday, like, oh, dude, things are getting better, man. They just are. You, when you have competent quarterback play, what you don't want to be is terrible at QB. Because it is a quarterback-driven league. And if you don't have a quarterback, then you are just bottom of the barrel. Now, I don't know if Baker Mayfield's going to end up being fantastic or great or next level good, whatever, but what he isn't is terrible. Man, like, you know, let's not go to Johnny. Let's, but when you, when you're, when you're, are, when you're empty at quarterback, your team just drifts in the wind. And I don't think that that's what Baker Mayfield is. If anything, he's going to stabilize the franchise. At least it looks that way. And that guy was putting together 10, 11, 12, 13 play drives yesterday. And again, early on in the game, had you catch the ball. For him and help the guy out. Who knows what happens? As a matter of fact, take that pick six off the board. Take it off the board. That ball should have been caught. Now, there are people saying, that ball kind of sailed on Baker. Now, again, I was a little down on the kid when we drafted him. Felt like we reached for him. But let's not be unfair to him. I don't think that ball sailed on him. It hit the guy in the numbers. Hit him in the hands. If the ball hits you, there's a rule in football. If it hits you, catch it. I'll always just be shocked. And, and, and no matter how many times I see examples of this, I will always be shocked about... Even in the Browns' losses, how much there is to talk about, how much there is to debate. Other crappy teams just don't give you this. In the Browns, there's just so many layers of it. It's such an onion. And you're right. If we're going to focus on Baker Mayfield right now, I think there is plenty to be excited about yesterday. There's yes. plenty. I mean, the the ability for him to dart the football and kind of dink and dunk his way into like pr- progressing the ball down the field. And don't knock it. it. It's, a, it's a dink and dunk league Loved now. It. Loved we, it. Most quarterbacks aren't going over the top like they used to. 
to anymore. He, dude, and he, there was one point yesterday. God, dude, he he let that he let the ball go for sixty five yards. It seemed like so. There's 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 plenty of things for me to be excited about in the world of Baker Mayfield, dude. I will agree one hundred percent there. But I also think there to 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 discredit. It wasn't a Browns Brownsing it up yesterday, but there was something about it's like, dude, they still lost. They still lost, and if you play if, bad enough to lose, if 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 if, if that. You know, and we talked about the schedule coming up. If that game would have been won, then maybe there's some sort of buffer zone, some sort of benefit of the doubt that you're giving the team right now. But I'm sorry, as a Browns fan, and I sit here today, it's like you gave up 45 it, on the road. Is it the same old, same old? Nah, is it? Nah, I don't buy. It. No, I don't think it is. I really don't. I really don't. But you did give up 45 on the road. Everybody's telling me the defense top five in the league. I mean, maybe, but you gave up 45 to Derek Carr. Like, I mean, guys, I, I don't, I don't see it. There were multiple opportunities for you to get a stop yesterday. This is exactly why I said this team was four wins. Maybe this is exactly why when Vegas put out the over under at five and a half, why I bet the under. As a matter of fact, people hit me up yesterday at halftime, like, you still liking that bet? Yeah, because it's the Raiders, and I thought maybe they could win that game, but they're not going to beat Baltimore. You're not going to beat Cincinnati. You're not going to beat Carolina. Like, you're, they're, they're, their schedule is brutal. So you're talking about. Potentially a one-win season. Yeah, and I'm sorry, but as a Browns fan, I can't sit here and be like, "Well, everything's okay, though," because, dude, if we're really looking at this right now and we're really talking about a one-win season, I, I, well, again, I, I'm a little bit more realistic than the average Browns fan. People told me they were going to win six games last year. No, you didn't. Obviously, you did not. People told me you're going to win seven, eight games this year. People have them in the playoffs, dude. Are you nuts? Are you nuts? Look at do Cincinnati and Baltimore are legit football teams right now. So how the hell are you get into the playoffs? It, it feels very foolish to me to think all is well in Brownstown when we are legit looking at a one win well, season. Here's why it's all well. Because you do have a roster. They that team's got dudes everywhere. Like on the offense and defensive side of the ball, there are dudes and playmakers everywhere. So I do think all is well. Is it all well this year? No. But I do believe they probably move off of Hugh Jackson this year. You probably anoint Todd Haley. And I said to start this year out that this isn't the season. That if you thought you were going to be really, really good this season, that you have to temper that. That I believe next season, next year, is the year you can really look at. And if they don't if they don't win eight games next year, then, then we're in trouble. So we're going from... One fourteen and one to winning eight games. Yeah. I don't see. I don't see how that happens because I think honestly, dude, the roster is that much improved, and that it's going to take some time. Now they're going to steal a win or two here this year. Now yesterday should have been one of them, yeah. but they're going to steal. They're going to beat a team they shouldn't. They will. They'll beat a team they should not win. They will. I mean, inevitably, you you back your way into it, it one, just, and it's you the NFL and you, and you hand one away. But like. I can't I can't buy this optimism. I can't. I want to, but until you start winning football games consecutively, there's it, I I can't. I'm being asked, don't know if you covered this. Cole wants to know, would you have gone for it on fourth and an inch? Yes. If you're going for it on fourth and six earlier in the game, what the hell are you not going for it on fourth and an inch for? Yes, I go for that. You're desperate for a win on the road. Yeah, dude. Pull pull them out and throw them, throw throw the dice, dude. But again, everybody wants to blame the refs. Yes, they were terrible calls. This is not debating whether or not the ref made the wrong call or the right call. They were the blown. They those calls were blown. 
But the defense still... Now, I guess I got to stop saying the defense gave up 45 because there was a pick six in there. But you gave up enough points to lose the game. I'm sorry, if you score 42, you should win. Defense was out on the field, I think, for uh, 70 70 plays out of the game yesterday. And I think it was offense was out there for like 57 or something. So I want to be like, well, you can't necessarily, you know, blame it all on the defense because they were out there so much. But at the end of the day, dude, you had the opportunity to win the game by stopping that ball. And I get it. You're exhausted. You've been playing this entire, you know, but the Raiders are exhausted too. They gave you 42 points. You know what I mean? They gave you 42 points. And if you can't come over that, what what, what, do we really have that many players? I, yeah, I think we do. I, I, I think we do. They're just young and they're, and they're just coming together. But if you, if, uh, here's what, here's what you should be excited about. When you look at that team yesterday, you can start to think like, oh my God, dude, in like two years, we're going to be able to fight for this division. Like, if that's optimism. Dude, you've been anemic and the joke of the league for 20 years. 20. And so now, all of a sudden, when it starts to look, you're no longer the laughing stock of the NFL. You're not. And you, I'm telling you right now, there were head coaches around the league who were going to look at that tape yesterday and go, oh my God, dude, the Browns are on the come. How many, how many more losses can the Browns pick up this year before you're the, jo- the laughing stock of the NFL again? I feel like it's inevitable that you, you're going to be it. I think Buffalo is going to take that cake this year. And again, they reached for that quarterback in Josh Allen, and they reached for that kid, and he's not ready. Now, I don't know if Josh Allen's never going to be a pro quarterback, but he's definitely not one right now. And they reach for that kid. And as a guy who thought that we reached for Baker Mayfield, he's better than I thought he was going to be. He, you know what I mean? He's, he's a little bit better, and the team seems to love him. And I was worried that they didn't. This team seems to love him. No debating the, the sense of optimism and the sense of uh, you could just see the difference on the field. You could just, no question about it. Yesterday, I believed it could, it would, it was going to happen. It didn't, but you're right. And the thing that changed my opinion, the thing that made me believe, the thing that made me hopeful was number six. It was. There was almost a point in the third quarter where I wanted to watch something else because I was like, eh, they're yeah. going to do, they're done. Yeah. They're going to win it. I, See, I almost, but that's what I'm talking about as Browns fans. We're starting to get that way where it's like, yeah, dude, well, we got Baker and dude, of course they're going to win. And we're killed, dude, I don't even have to watch this anymore. And dude, they're just going to be waiting around the punching you, dude. I'm not sure why if Nick Chubb goes for 105 yards on three carries. Now, one of them, he just broke away and had a massive run. of course. But what the hell did you move away from the kid for? Um, They were able to move the ball effectively yesterday. I did like Carlos Hyde and kind of what he was doing. But yeah, yeah. you're 100% right. I mean, dude, if if you've got success with Nick Chubb. Then what are you doing? Come and get him out there. Right. Get him out there. Help Baker Mayfield out. The more you run the ball, the better your quarterback play is going to be in the end. But again, I feel like this team's on the come. But I knew it wasn't going to be this year all along. I know everybody always thinks, your sports stakes are always so trash anyway. Meanwhile, it's like four times I've been wrong. (laughs) I think maybe like four. And so, yeah, nobody's going to be 100% accurate. But I told you it wasn't going to be this year. It's next year's the year where you can be like, you know what? This team's actually pretty good. I'm telling you, there are defensive coordinators out there in the league right now who are looking at the Browns like, oh, God, this team's going to be a handful and probably pretty soon. More Sansbury Show and those Mushroom Head tickets up for grabs. That's next on Rock 106.9. The Stansberry Show, Canton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show. We're on Rock 106.9. Shannon in for Teresa. She'll get you hooked up with $1,000 coming up shortly after 10 a.m. We're going to continue that all day up until 9 o'clock this evening. Need that 1000 oh, It would be good. As a matter of fact, I was just looking at Bob Seger tickets Yeah. for the final tour. Yeah. Dude, if you want to sit in the last row in the building, it's 80 bucks. Whew. 
Second row seats. Take a guess. Uh, well, if the, if the last row is 80, I'm going to have to up, up it here with 350. Oh, God, you're way off. Really? The girl and I are both big fans. Okay. So I was like, ah, maybe I'll maybe I'll go big. Maybe I'll go over top here okay. and get second row seats and like do something cool, right? Okay. Seven ninety. Whoa! <laughs> over seven hundred. You want to sit in second row? <laughs> Whoa! Yeah. I mean, I love him. Always have. My dad was a huge fan. They, they, that stuff got played in my house all the time. I love Seeger. And if I really want to see an artist, I will buy tickets because of how much I've access I've been had at shows and I didn't have to pay. Like Kiss's farewell tour, I'm probably going to buy tickets because I want to sit close versus like relying on hookups of people I know. And I'll spend serious money for that, but I'm not sure. I, I don't think I could spend $800 a ticket for Bob Seger. I can't do it. That's Dude, that's rent. Speaking of spending money Here we go. and Kiss, Stansberry... You know, you've made a lot of progress recently. There's no denying it. You know, I think you've grown a lot in the in the in the run of this show. Yeah. Why are we switching what I was talking about right now? I was going to ask you about the kiss mask. Why? Yeah. But why are we doing that right now? That's let's everybody stay in their lane and remember what the rules of the program are. That's, that's I was in the middle of that. And now I can't go where I needed to go, and that's all right. Uh, we will end the show right there. The podcast will be up shortly after 10 a.m. at wrqk.com. And again, Shannon in for Teresa getting you hooked up with that thousand dollars. That's shortly after 10 on Rock 106.9. Good morning. The Stansberry Show. Or the god of your choosing. Best morning ever. Hey guys, it is Fantone from the Stansberry Show here telling you about the LASIK surgery I had done at the Roholt Vision Institute. Now, if you're somebody who's thought about LASIK surgery in the past, there are so many questions you have, dude. And I have the exact same questions. Is it safe? How much is it going to cost? What is my vision going to be like? In the Roholt Vision Institute, they understand you're going to have questions, comments, and concerns. I mean, LASIK is a surgery. And the first step to finding out if it's the right surgery for you is to visit their website where they make everything crystal clear, both literally and figuratively, that website, RollHoltVision.com. At iHeartMedia, we know that marketing to your customers is a challenge businesses of all sizes share. We can help. Not only does radio reach 93% of Americans every week, more than Facebook, Google, and even television, but recently, privacy concerns have forced social media platforms to scale down their advertising options, while radio is expanding its reach and targeting through the iHeartRadio app every day. Visit iHeartMedia.com to learn more. Again, visit iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM to work for your company.